And for everyone who made those comments or <laughs> about there is a mannequin too, I'm well aware. That was, <laughs> that was that was the joke. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Meow. We write for CinemaSins <laughs> and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well, including apparently uh, Meow. You're a cat herder, so I thought oh, perhaps it would yeah. be wise to... It, it was a, it was How a, did the cat herder start? <laughs> it's, a, it's a prompt like from Twitter. Like he's having us. Uh, there was a... Um, a gif shared i think i shared a gif of what it's oh. like working with a GIF, me but yeah continue. Uh, and it was, it's like a crazy cat and then aaron shared one of like picking up and reorganizing kittens that's what it's like to work with me <laughs> yeah so um and it, it always has been it, and that's and that's the beauty of it all yeah well then you were like we have we have we have recorded proof of this <laughs> did you watch that <laughs> you shared that i i haven't yet no i was i was driving when i saw that pop up so i haven't had a chance to go back and look at it i i really do wonder what you'll think if you go back if you I go will, back to look at it i'm making a note right now okay it it's not technically show prep but i, I think it'd be kind of fun it, it's listen here's the thing the dynamic in any good you know uh entertainment you know relationship is people have to be different you don't want three of the same kind of people right so i just love the fact Ooh. that our chemistry allows for all three of us to, to be different and unfortunately sometimes that means i have to be the one trying to figure out where all the cats go in line <laughs> It's just so nice that you're not a jerk about it because you really could be, especially with all the times that I've completely forget. Well, and then my favorite, my favorite stuff, part yeah. of that video is you'd be like, what are we doing today? After I sent you like three emails over <laughs> the course of just <laughs> happened like last week. Right. And that was recorded in like 2014 or something. Yeah. yeah it was several years ago. So uh, I'm trying to look up who suggested that I meow. There was someone that tweeted about it. That's like the introduction to our show oh yeah um i'm gonna find it because it was so funny to me and i think i actually retweeted on our cinemasins bts twitter recently um with like the introduction from you yeah it was jeff at at chiro's um i'm aaron dicer professional cat herder and i'm joined as always by sam lewis and danae says meow Meow. yeah yeah so thanks for the inspiration today (laughs) that sent me on a journey uh back do you remember when we used to do perry poppins with for periscope we called them peri poppins and we would just Uh open up periscope and i found all of those no way in a folder oh my god oh like you're popping in yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. okay gotcha oh that's so fun and uh and so i was watching some of those and yeah documents the same the same process (laughs) we did that from uh disney when we went to florida for a conference once um and got to kind of pop in and say hi to people which resulted in some really fun like uh online friendships which again hey if if you're the kind of person that's looking for um like a fun online community i continue to plug our discord we have such yeah. a great group of people on discord so um it kind of reminds me of those days where we found sort of a little community of people to hang with including some people who were working the ride and came and gave us fast passes yeah <laughs> i was and, gonna say were you in the parks when you were doing this yeah yep cool. we would 
kind of pop in there, uh, mostly from our studio, just to sort of show what life was like. And a lot has changed and a lot hasn't changed. And speaking of how things haven't changed, uh, a lot of those Perry Poppins were right after our show headed towards Sonic to get breakfast. Dude. I mean, like... An addict. You are an addict and you always have been. Man, I love fast food. You sure do. Uh, You guys ready to get into it? Let's... Yeah, let's do it. Do it! Let's start with this inside scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret! Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain! This is a true story! That was supposed to be more like a slurping of a sound, but my tongue got stuck on the side of my cheek and it sounded really gross. Instant boners everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's my new that's my new line. There's an outtake that you're gonna love. No, it was supposed to be like more like a like a sensei scoop, like a scoop of ice cream. You slurp ice cream, uh-huh. but then it was like <laughs> try again. That was bad. See, that's what you but, were trying. But what to do. is I like? I pushed my cheeks together, and so it just it messed it up. Anyway, uh, sorry. Nice try. Mm-hmm. We're gonna take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we send as well. We'll start with TV sins, Breaking Bad, uh, with Better Call Saul coming back. We continue to do Breaking Bad, and in fact, this episode is the Better Call Saul episode of Breaking Bad. Yep. This was Balls. a. Di- Balls. <laughs> this was a Dicer Watkins script and uh, had a good time on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Dicer Watkins, that's you and Jonathan. It is, which means, Danae, you'll get the first thoughts on the Sin video itself. Oh, am I ready? And, uh, but let's talk about the show. Continue to talk about how amazing the show is. Part of my uh, actual keeping tabs later is going to be about how much um, the, the Better Call Saul show actually took from this episode. But that's what struck me the most going back and watching it is just how fully formed this character was right from the first episode and how much fun it was. I think a lot of that has to do with Odenkirk too though. Oh I mean, yeah. That guy is that he's under, I mean, he's, he's in a lot of things. He's had a hell of a career. I think people know who he is, but the I first think he's time, kind of underappreciated. I was a huge Mr. Show fan. I was uh, just going to say that. Yeah. I remember uh, when I worked at the pizza place, uh, the guys would, they were all passing around the DVD of Mr. Show. Yeah, and it would basically be like a Mr. Show watch party. We'd go over mm-hmm. to someone's house and watch it, and oh, crack nice. up laughing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was actually on. It was actually on the air. It was on HBO when I was yeah. in college, and me and my roommate watched it. Like every Sunday night, he would record it. Have when you he ever went seen home, Mr. Show? And then on Sunday night, we'd watch it. Mm-hmm. You've seen it? Yeah, yeah. It's I've, just silliness. It is. I mean, it's great. But but it's funny because it's like new people, and that's that's when I was introduced to Bob Odenkirk and mm-hmm. David Cross. David, David Cross. Cross. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people on that show too. If you go back oh, and watch and, it, it's, um, it's crazy. Uh, the Tenacious D guy. Oh, Jack Black. Yeah, that's yeah, my first time to, to be introduced to Jack. That's where Tenacious D first appeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Now, Danae, you you haven't watched Breaking Bad. No, no, I so. only watch it for my job. But um, and and I don't know that I'm any more aware of what's going on storyline wise because right. i'm not watching them so this particular video didn't really advance my understanding of the plot or anything that's going on except for that right. there's police that are maybe getting closer to catching him or something like that yeah it, it really does come down to for the show I, one of the things i think is so beautiful about it is how simple it is it basically is guy turns bad turns into a drug dealer mm-hmm. that's the overall thing and his brother-in-law is a, an FBI DEA guy. Yeah, is a drug enforcement agency officer. So it really is just kind of a real jerk, too. Yeah, yeah. a real unlikable I, sort. I, <laughs> I did not never like that watched guy. it going into this run either, though. Like yeah. I, I remember, oh, I think the last episode that uh, I watched, <clears throat> which was the 
the previous one that just posted on the channel. Um, he's talking to maybe his Walt's son sort of out in the parking lot yeah, and just, Walt Jr. yeah, how he just interacts with the the lady out there and just his general disposition. He, he's, you know, I don't want to watch the show. Like there's just <laughs> not, not a lot of likable characters for me in this. One, yeah. So. Yeah. That's true. That's true. What were you saying? Um, Jonathan, I'm watching it through for the first time, um, as we're doing these and oh. I'm really enjoying it. Oh, you, you didn't watch Breaking Bad when it no, was on. So this is your um, first time. So I didn't catch it right from the beginning. And then I heard a lot of people start talking about it. And um, I thought about getting, trying to get into it. But then I don't know, at some point it was like, it, it seemed a little, because this was before, I mean, this was on AMC. This was before, you know, streaming was um, the, you know, the go-to for a yeah, lot of widely these things. available, yeah. It wasn't widely available, yeah. So, um, and there were probably ways for me to go back and watch it. But then also some of these shows, people talk about them so much, you get to the point where you don't even want to watch it. I hear you. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I, I kind of am that way with... i The Wire for that reason as well, just FYI. <laughs> I, I did eventually watch The Wire, but I am kind of the same way with like Sopranos. Yeah. That and the fact yeah. that there's so many seasons. And yeah. uh, so, no, I, I know the feeling for sure. But, uh, um, but I'm really... No, it's it's a great show, though. It's it's as good as people advertise. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm really excited to eventually get to Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. No, it's fun times. Uh, let's talk about the video itself. Danae, you get to you get first shot. What, what's uh, some of the things you saw in this video that you enjoyed? Well, we already said balls. Um, <laughs> what a great way to start. Uh, who who found that one? That that was me. I mean, yeah. was it just like you're just sitting there and just sort of like hit <laughs> balls? Like, because that was so funny. Here's and... here's the thing I liked about it as well. I liked that there was this lead up to it. He walks to there. He sets it down. And you kind of wonder if that was purposeful from uh-huh. those who created the show. Right. It was sort of like, uh, we want you to sit right here because, you know, it's going to yeah. spell balls. But if even if it wasn't purposeful for us to find it. And it wasn't just like quickly starting on him sitting down. There was like this sort of nice humor pause to the way that it played out. I, yeah, I didn't the timing know that was, was really good on it. I didn't it. know if that was purposeful or not, but I really, really enjoyed it. Nice. Um, I also thought it was interesting because there's an Edward Scissorhands joke in this one. Uh-huh. And I just wrote Edward Scissorhands into a script. Before you watch this video. Before I watched it. Guys, I watched this video yesterday. The script's already turned in and, and approved uh-huh. and it's, you know, on the on its next you know leg of the journey so i thought that was so funny because this happens we talk about it regularly where we sort of accidentally like we just sort of have this influx yeah for me i was in i was inspired by edward scissorhands because i saw this really great insult thread on imager and i was like yeah those are good insults i need to remember those because Ooh, that sounds like that'd be a good keeping tab some sometime yeah because uh you know i'm not great at insults i'm like you poo poo face <laughs> so um if someone has one that's like really genuinely like oh that's a burn uh-huh. uh, i'm i'm starting to kind of try to keep track in my mind and one of them was about edward scissorhands and so then it turned into i'm not gonna give away the joke but it's a good it's a good insult joke that's for sure yeah it, it does it doesn't involve this it's not the same kind of joke no uh anyway um i also you know there's a there's two college girlfriend jokes in this script yes i didn't know if that was purposeful it was um in the way i i uh, sold it was the fact that one of them talks about the fact that we are overdoing we're overdoing them and i said it makes complete sense to do another one Mm -hmm. in a meta kind of way after that that's what i thought too uh, I even wrote for, is this the death of the college girlfriend joke on the <laughs> no, channel? Nope. And I'm kind of hoping it is. I'm not going to lie. I'm sort of over him. Oh, my goodness. It's funny every time to yeah, me. So. Yeah. Well, the, the one me about too. being written dry was pretty hilarious. <laughs> I, won't, I won't lie about that one. Well, that's funny because the second one is the one I think a lot of people 
are like commenting about is the dropping to your knees one mm -hmm. so quickly. Yeah, um, with so. a, with a boyfriend. Yeah, 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 or the the, the best college friend. roommate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the rant about the ATM machine. I immediately was just reflecting on all of the conversations that we've had about redundant the acronym. redundant acronyms. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that yeah. was me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? Not. I've learned not to guess anymore. Just like you guys have talked about. Yeah, you never sometimes know. Sometimes I get super surprised. Yeah, I think I know who wrote them, and so I didn't know who that one was, but my I favorite, assumed it was you, Aaron. My favorite part about that is the and a r r a s syndrome today. The fact that in a meta mm -hmm. way, you're doing r a s as you're talking about people not being able to do it, like that. That just that was fun. Um, yeah, I think you even had a note on. I did this on purpose or something. Yeah, case. just to make sure. <laughs> I I I will say that the last one that I noted is probably my favorite, and it was the delivery of the words. I think it was no shaking, and then the joke was just gazoon tight. <laughs> I really thought that was funny, uh, just because it had to have been one of those moments where the writer, whoever did it, like heard yeah. it, and then was just like, that didn't even sound like a word. That sounded like a sneeze. He did. He just says no shaking. Yeah, <laughs> it's like come yeah. on, that is a sneeze. No shaking, gazoon tight. It was perfect. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So fun yeah. stuff. What mm -hmm. about you, Jonathan? Um, I really liked the. Uh, I liked that we caught the um the we the, the show doesn't know how to periodic table correctly because it's mm -hmm. so weird because they do that in the opening credits for every episode and then they just randomly have this one at ch and I'm like that is not an element. <laughs> no, it's not. You like, think that it'd be is chlorine, not an abbreviation but... for an element? I don't know if they just decided they just said they couldn't find another one in that word and so they just went with it or they yeah. somebody actually thought that was chlorine. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just the um, the opening sequence uh, after even after balls where, you know, and we both commented on this, I think, and then I think we went with yours, but the just the people disappearing in the background. Yeah. Uh, which obviously that was just multiple takes and they edited the best stuff together. But because of that, it just created this really weird, almost like a vortex was behind them. <laughs> well, what's really strange to me is, I mean, all of it's some of it you can just go, oh, that's just editing. There's a cut mm -hmm. there that they, you know, they didn't want you to know about. But the thing where the dog walker and the bicyclist both disappear, disappear. behind that thing and <laughs> yeah. never come out the other side. <laughs> it looks like it's one take. They never cut away or any. I'm just Absolutely. like, are they just standing back? Like, I just that or one. Or did they turn and start walking straight back, straight back towards so, the horizon yeah, or something? Yeah, you just don't see him. Oh, it was so weird. We'll never know. Yeah. Yeah, I love Maybe that too. Maybe it was too. just bad extras and they just, they went with it because that was the best take. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It's seamless. Like, they're having a conversation yeah i love and, that I mean, scene you, by the way i don't see the edit if it's there i don't yeah. see it which maybe that's a good thing yeah no it's uh, great editing it's just we're looking with you know binoculars and magnifying glasses <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah that's gonna happen uh i i enjoyed brother-in-law in law uh and i really enjoyed the uh sinception idea because of it being roll commercials as a commercial in a tv within our tv within your tv like it was just like <laughs> yeah that was a deep one yeah yeah that was like a copy paste copy paste sort yeah. of yeah 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 it was interesting so there you go uh, a lot of fun had a good time with that one mm -hmm. uh, let's move on to brooklyn 99 uh we did the pilot our first time doing brooklyn 99 and boy um, it's pronounced pillow <laughs> nice <laughs> uh and boy do people love this show Man, if you mm -hmm. go into the comments in this video, it's full of some of my favorite kinds of comments, 
which is uh, how dare you also this is hilarious yes. kind of comments. Uh, Too which, soon. Yeah, which I love. <laughs> and I don't blame them. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine as well. I do too. This was a uh, Hughes Watkins script. So Danae and Jonathan wrote on this. Um, yeah, I think this is one of the funniest shows on TV. And I'm so glad it's still going. Uh, I would argue it's one of the funniest shows of all time. But yeah, wow, it's, it's, yeah. it's definitely my favorite on television right now. What do you think makes it so good? I, I mean, the cast. I mean, I think like a lot of the great sitcoms. Um, I, you know, because like news, I have said this before, but like news radio has always been my, has always been the one I go to as my favorite. Yep. And, I, and that that's also mostly based on the cast. And you just have really, really good comedians uh, playing off each other. You have smart writing. And then you have, I think, the casting of Andre Brogger, though, which we actually take a cent off for him. Um, Rightfully so, yeah. Oh, my God. That was that was just brilliant. I don't I don't know how they talked him into doing it, because even to this day, he doesn't think he's funny. Like he's he said that many times in interviews and stuff. Yeah. No, they just write for him so perfectly in this. Oh, it's amazing. Um, this um, one was scary to write on, though, because this is another one where it took so many passes to pull things out. Mm -hmm. It broke me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Danae announces her you, retirement. You watched it like, like eight times? Is I watched right? it nine times. Nine, nine times. 99 times? I watched it like three. <laughs> it felt like it. Yeah. Yeah, it was exhausting she literally moved to brooklyn for a month and watched it 99 <laughs> times i wanted to i you, you know okay so we talk pe people think you know that every job there's there's things that you love about your job and and there's a lot about this job that is so fun right and all of your it's guys a dream is, job for a lot of people I mean, yeah it's a dream job for you know yes for any of us for any of us it's a dream job but as with every job or everything that you do there are some times when you're really challenged even if it's something that seems silly like there's people working in a steel mill factory right you know their challenges are different than the creative mental gymnastics right. that personally i have to go through sometimes and this script broke me like i broke down sobbing crying writing this one you're you're legit like broke you emotionally like yeah, yeah. i i wow. i legitimately questioned well, now i feel bad joking about it <laughs> no it's okay it's just and i kind of want to talk about it here uh you know it's been kind of spoken in the past like it's not i don't want to ever like you know give the impression that this job is something that's just goofy and silly and blah 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 right. I and mean, it has some mm -hmm. hard stuff to it and i really like my job i'm glad to work here but i just like everyone else sometimes question oh, what am i doing like right if i can't get this why am i even doing this yeah, yeah. like i'm not i shouldn't be here like um that's a very normal creative it, thing it is that is absolutely a, a creator's brain for thing writers yeah i am um, i'm doing this thing right now where i'm uh preparing to launch my own podcast and i actually um at the time of writing the script i had i had like a i had a little breakdown like i'm talking about and i uh took a a break from writing and I was listening to this podcast and it was about imposter syndrome. Yeah. And so then I went on and I just kind of like did this little audio vlog about imposter syndrome and just like what it means. And maybe I'll release that audio publicly someday right now. It's just for my patrons, but um, like I legitimately had to question a lot because in my mind, I do this thing and maybe you guys do it too, where you see other people and you're like, they can do it. It's easy for them. Why can't I do it? And for whatever reason, Brooklyn Nine-Nine just like it kicked my 
ass. And I think it's because it's so funny and it's so silly. And And how do you send something that silly? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to like bring some substance to the, excuse me, to the table. Um, And instead it's like, here's six jokes. Have a nice day, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so I had to keep watching it over and over. And every time you watch it, you're almost getting in this rut where it's like, it's still not making sense. It feels like math to me. I know a lot of people are really good at math. I'm not like a super math person. Right. So I could sit down and like work on a problem and then the teacher would be like, oh, but, you know, consider this and now try again. And I'm just like, it's the same math problem and it's not it's like not clicking. This is what this was that script to me. Just it wasn't clicking, wasn't clicking, wasn't clicking. So uh, I have some thoughts that kind of go along with what you're talking about with imposter syndrome, but I'm going to hold them until our feedback section, because I think they they apply more directly to the question that was asked uh, of us in an interesting way. So but but I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And imposter imposter syndrome is also. So this weird thing where you're like, people are going to discover me. They're going to discover that I'm actually faking this. Like, and creative people have this all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, why, you know, boy, I've got this. People think I'm good at this, but if they only knew how bad I am at this. Like, you know, and, and the the podcast that I listened to, um, I don't know if you guys are interested. Her name is Amy Porterfield, and, and she did a really recently did a really good one on it where she kind of talks about like what you have to do to sort of get out of that funk a little bit, which mm-hmm. was incredibly helpful for me specifically. To, to listen that you know somebody who makes millions of dollars every like ah, she just made another million dollars that, like, you know? um that she struggles with that too you know and right. here's this person that you put up on this platform or whatever oh it's so, it's two out of every th- three interviews i hear on the celebrity podcast interviews that i listen mm-hmm. to they mention something and like I, that it's I it's crazy I've, i think i've heard about it before but i've never like maybe experienced it to the depth that i mm-hmm. have so far so anyways i don't mean to hijack our brooklyn 99 no, conversation great. but i think it's a i think it's kind of a fun peek behind the curtain too of just every profession there are highs and lows and i really want to be honest about my experience going through that because it's i think that everyone at some point in time questions am i doing the right thing here like am i valuable what am you know is what is my perspective needed and this is one where I'm really proud of myself because I pushed really, really hard. I leaned really hard into this one. Good job. And even though it was scary and, and it's such a weird one to get caught up on. Right. But, you know, it took a lot to write this one. So um, I'm, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I think for I think for non writers, I think for people that don't write, I would I always uh, compare turning a script in or an article or whatever it is you're writing is the equivalent of like getting undressed for the first time for like someone getting undressed for the first time for someone like, you know, yeah. your lover yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You're naked. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely it like, it's just, and it's like every disgusting part of your, you feel like every disgusting part of your body is just out there. Yeah. And there's uh, for a, for everyone me, there's to a, critique. There's a different pressure too, because as I get uh, more experienced in working with you guys, there's not as many writers on one script. So the pressure to, to deliver more content is there too. So if I'm scrubbing my brain and I can't find any more content and I'm like, oh, I'm tapped and I have so such little to show for it, then you start questioning your value you and got, all that. Yeah. You've got a really good Chelsea Peretti uh, impression. <laughs> of it, though. That's right. Oh, God. But you know what? I loved the show. 
I had such a good time it's watching so it. So it was yeah. such a juxtaposition of like, I'm having such a good time watching this and such a terrible time at my job. So, uh, but that's kind of the way that this uh, goes sometimes. Well, good news, Danae. Uh, the video is performing very well. So oh, we'll good. be doing more episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the future. Oh, no. uh, I, I actually we don't clearly know that, did a but... great job on the script. Yes, we clearly did. Awesome people. Let's, uh, let's move into that since I didn't write on it. Uh, I will start. Uh, I loved a lot of this script that you guys came up with. Um, things that made me giggle and Include homeboy that can't even handle a muffin uh, for whatever reason. I thought that was really funny. Uh, <laughs> the um, even Cinema Sins would never sin Citizen Kane, and then showing the everything wrong with Citizen Kane uh, gave me a giggle. Um, the the trying to come up immediately with six demands I thought was really funny. Uh, the cheese plate in particular <laughs> made me laugh. Uh, and uh, I can't believe that's all I have in me. Uh-huh. Uh, the catch of the hand puppets. In the background, uh, uh, I assumed you you just you find these things in the background when that you I watch totally... something a million yeah, times. <laughs> That's right. That was absolutely Danae. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was really cute, and uh, and also Jeremy's delivery on "I know thinking happens in stuff." Yeah, uh, was also <laughs> one of my, my favorite <laughs> parts of the video. So nicely done, guys. Uh, uh, I funny. laughed a lot uh, during this one. Anything you guys want to? Add to uh, to the video your thoughts on it today. Oh no, uh, I I I'm ready to leave this one behind. I've got <laughs> I've got some that I'm really genuinely proud of, and I I would I want to like share them with everyone, but I think I'm just like this is just one of those. It's like okay, nice. It's just a relationship. There, You're ready to shake hands. And there is. Oh, I'm sorry. There is one I'll I'll bring up when we get to um uh, the comments section, okay. but a couple of small ones. Um, Mannequin Two, Terry Crews. I was glad that got through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and for everyone who made those comments or <laughs> about there is a Mannequin Two, I'm well aware that, <laughs> that was that was that was the joke. Even saw it in the theater. Oh um, no! Wow. I even remember that Christy Swanson's in it. So uh, I'm well aware that Mannequin 2 on the move exists. Um, I love that uh, this was Danae, but uh, not but. This was Danae. I'm just giving her credit. Uh, the flashbacks. Um, oh, within a how flashback. How we just kept talking about yeah. all the different flashbacks. There are so many flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. And it there really are. And especially, it's only a 21-minute episode. So. Yeah. There's, I, I, I was going to count them at some point. Um, I think there might be six or seven flashbacks. Wow. In, in like this every 20 three, minutes. Every three minutes on average. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty intense. And and there's another one we're going to send soon that has flashbacks too. And I actually reference whether or not it is the reason that Brooklyn Nine-Nine did what it did. Yeah. So, because there was so many. Well, there's flashback oh, scenes fun. in one of the movies we're going to be talking about here in a Ooh, few, let's do, let's a few, few minutes as well. Um, yeah, overall, great stuff, guys. Uh, that, that was a good one. I really enjoyed it. Um, on to music video sins. Uh, can somebody help me pronounce his name? Nope. Uh, is is it n- Nile or n- Nail? I or? think so. Does it not get pronounced in the video? I'm sure I it, it does. Nile. It just slips out of my brain every time I look. It's like when you look yeah. at the word, you want to pronounce it a certain way, and then you forget how it's you've heard it before. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna go with Nile. Let's just pronounce it wrong on purpose and call it Niale. <laughs> All right, Niale Horan uh, with uh, Horan. Horan. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. Former, uh, formerly of One Direction. Formerly of, of uh, o- One Direct- Directian, uh, with uh, no judgment. Uh, this is... No judgment filled with judgment. Filled with judgment. I Listen, here's, here's my main thing about this song before we actually get into the video itself. This song pretends to be about no judgment, but it's actually about no commitment. Like, yeah, it, it is, that's better. It's, it's completely about, hey, we can just do our thing whenever and you don't have to worry about being attached to me. It's not about no judgment. And to call the song no judgment is really... It's I like it almost angers me because that's a totally different thing that's important. It's important to understand what no judgment means when we interact with people. But this song's not about that. He didn't have anybody in his writing room that had your perspective. <laughs> They're all just like, yes, let's make it. Let's make money. Yeah. Let's go. Well, and it's because you way more thought into this than I did. <laughs> well, welcome to the brain of Aaron. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do. I overthink things. But it, it is one of those things where it's obviously they're trying to cash on the in on the idea of no judgment which people love but that's not what the song is about so i i like that we saw like um the elderly kind of having fun yes i i would i like i like normalizing Although... I, I know i know i like seeing imagery that normalizes aging aging I totally agree. or normalizes um shape yeah or aging mm-hmm. bodies even and, yeah and so even though there was some mixed messaging going absolutely. on absolutely that was a little frustrating it wasn't like cohesive right it still was there it's still cool to see an old lady and an old man and all like the little you know the arm wobble going on so and it's kind of fun to watch elderly people smile and dance and just have a good time like totally agree they can still move their skeletal systems excellent great totally agree their muscular system isn't completely like deteriorated yet yeah even though the elastin is tearing down in their body day by day Yeah, that was definitely the best part of the whole the whole thing. I just I just didn't like the song very much. And it's not a great song. Either. I didn't like I the song. Thought it was song. a pretty basic video for the most yeah. part. And the video was just kind of weird. Like where? Are, so are they at like a really elaborate um, retirement home? And then he's just sort of going into their bathroom and watching them just live their best elderly lives, yeah. saying no judgment uh, about sure. a lover. About right. Yeah. Okay. You know, but I will tell you that Barrett had a good time. He said No Judgment was one of the quickest and funniest videos he's done in a while. Even though it's already a jokey video, it's perfect for us to subvert, especially the judgment style sins. And why is he in the bathroom with them? Right. I mean, that's a great question. Um, And I don't care what those fucking Brits say. There's no motherfucking E in the middle of that fucking word. Now, listen, that was going to be (laughs) my first conversation about this video. Spell it that way. You spell it with an E? I didn't know you could spell it. Listen, I never... <laughs> I, I mean, no judgment, but I, you, you spell it however you want. I've never, ever spelled it without an E. And when <laughs> I saw that sin pop up, I was like, what is he talking about? And so I went to my like my Word document and mm-hmm. I typed it without an E. And when there wasn't a correction prompt, blew my mind. You flipped out. Blew my mind. Yeah. So I'm going to get fired. <laughs> Barrett's going to listen to this and be like, I'm sorry. I dis- I, my respect is now to negative and you're out. Oh, uh, words. <laughs> words are interesting i had no idea yeah apparently like i was taught i don't know well i mean listen in our day and age if you spell it the wrong way but you don't get a little squiggly line you're going to keep spelling it that way because you'll be like oh that's the right way but i've always spelled it even before there were squiggly lines to tell me (laughs) that something was or or was not correct it's the way the word judge is spelled and then you just add the mint i i get it um but yeah it can be spelled either way 
I, apparently not. But that cracked me up. That sin, cra- <laughs> that is, that sin is the kind of sin I would write if I felt strongly about that issue. You right. Know I mean? Like that is yeah. the the redundant acronym sin. You know, for you, for for Barrett. You know, so yeah, I, I totally get. And there is no, uh, there is not a better prime example of what triggers Barrett than that sin. <laughs> like, I, he he is like a grammar and word is. guy. He and is, like, which yeah. is why I'm afraid for my life right now. <laughs> Like so. he, he's like he's like there may have been an E in there at one time, but guess what? It's the twenty first fucking century, and we don't do that <laughs> shit anymore. You know he's passionate whenever. I and mean, look how many cuss words there were in there. And look, hey, look, I just searched my text message history for the word judgment. Look, uh-huh. oh, this yeah. is how many times it pops up that I've written that word. Yep, four times in my history. It's at least four times. Yeah, and nobody's ever been like, oh, BT dubs. You know, <laughs> that's because it can be spelled that way. I text messaged Patrice Washington, who is a major, major national figure, th- that word. So did she think I'm an idiot? We don't know. Uh, we don't know. That's great. Oh, man. That's great. That reminds me of the dialogue conversation that Barrett and I had one at, at one point, because I, I uh, spell dialogue without the U-E on the end. And technically, the more accepted form of spelling is with the U-E on the end. So I had to learn uh-huh. to spell it with a U-E. So, yeah. I do it with a U-E. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes you just got to pull a U-E. Sometimes you just do it with your U-E. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what else from this video uh, did you guys want to talk about? Anything? Uh, the shrimp visual was oh, one of the most God. disgusting things I've ever seen. Thank you. Oh, oh, Jeremy on his, Jeremy on his delivery of you had me at sh- the shrimp between her toes. I, yeah. That just, I thought that was great. I hate shrimp now. Really? Oh God! I love Seeing shrimp the shrimp so much. in between her toes, it was so unsettling. I just wanted to eat it out. From Shut you. <laughs> up, God! When, hey, no when judgment. I was reviewing the when I was reviewing the edit with Barrett, that was I actually made that comment. I wasn't like it wasn't like you need to take this out. I was just oh. like this is this is really gross. Like this the, is... it was like the third time I had reviewed it. What is it? Do you have a foot phobia? Like what's the? Well, I know it was Jonathan just something does. about the shrimp and the toes and the nail painting. Just all that combined. It, it was... wasn't. It wasn't much. even like, um, like her toes weren't like, you know, when you see somebody that's getting a, a pedicure mm-hmm. and they have the mm-hmm. perfectly placed thing in between the toes and right. your, your feet are kind of evenly, right. it's like her toes were like mangled and, and like twisted and funky. Like she was, uh, it was like, it was wrong. It was so wrong. It just always cracks me up because in general, your feet are cleaner than your hands if you've mm-hmm. been wearing socks. Uh, so, you know, we eat from our hands. I don't yeah. know. No, I'm not talking about the eating part. Just oh, the okay. visual of it was really disturbing to I'm, me. Yeah, I'm just teasing. I get it. It was just uh, the combination of all the elements. Yeah. Um, I also was really concerned about the elderly guy's aim when he was peeing. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> so I, I have a question for you. I don't have a penis, so I have to... Okay, and I've also, ask I've, So I've never... I've never... And I've never watched You've never urinated out of a penis. pee like that before. You've never watched your husband pee? I mean, no, like that. Like on the edge of a cliff, just like, oh, like giving it all you rainbow got. Rainbow stream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that something you guys can really do is get that arc? Probably. I mean, some guys maybe, but. The, the, Let's say you're yeah. in your 20s. You just had like a it's 44 still a maybe. ounce sweet it's still tea. A, it's well, still a maybe. And first off, there's rarely ever not any wind at all. <laughs> right. Like not any sort right. of a breeze. Yeah. The distance so... isn't. The distance. The distance isn't yeah. as surprising as the volume. I would have never thought about that. Yeah. The breeze factor. Yeah. No, that that much. That's some of that's coming back on him. So that I, was... I've done that. I've rain, I've rainbow streamed before outdoors, yeah. like just to kind of see like what kind of distance you can get. And, and I'm just the... saying, the higher up you are, though, the more like if you right, yeah. like the more likely you are to. Right. 
have wind like a crosswind yeah yeah the, the more taco bell i've eaten the more likely i am to have wind but that's a that's a totally different story <laughs> different no different I, side. I think i think it's by about two times as far as the normal even young human would be able to do. and i understand <laughs> yeah. that that this was fake i understand that i i'm just saying for comparative purposes for me yeah it's about two times seeing as far that i was like oh my gosh is this based on real life i mean the yeah. arc obviously i can see that happening but that is some serious <laughs> distance yeah, there's really you're really not you have a, a muscle that pushes the urine out of your bladder, mm-hmm. um, but there's really not a muscle that actually like launches the urine from the penis. Like that's yeah. that's ma- ma- mostly the same as you. It's just a urethra. Like it just, you just it have comes longer out. to go. It's just we can direct it. That's so, so yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you. I, I apologize if I, I made believe, anyone uncomfortable. No, no, no. I believe our... It's just a safe space to ask some questions. <laughs> no, sure. I think our anatomy <laughs> is, me uncomfortable at all. is pretty similar. Like the, anat- the anatomy down to the urethra is pretty... Like you have a muscle that you can use to push the, 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 you know, the urine from the bladder out the urethra. We also have, children. Yeah, so, well, that's, those are different muscles. Oh, oh, but oh. Yes. But yeah, so yeah, I think you if you can imagine how the stream that you could shoot, if you could aim it, that's basically what it is. Yeah. So great. Now, Danae, there's boners everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> or what? What's that? What we said? Instant boners all over the world. <laughs> Instant boners all over the world. Oh, I love you guys. Well, let's move on. All right, let's do it. Uh, we'll move on to cinema scenes. Oh, I did have one. I thought this one would uh, impact you more, Danae. That, okay. that he uh, said, "Do you really need that much iced tea?" And I just thought of I did. All, oh yeah, all the tea that you drink and like you Instant. feeling judged. I did instant. Like right now, I'm holding a 44 ounce tea, like, and I'm about to have a drink. Just... I was like, Danae is feeling very uh, triggered, very triggered and attacked <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, like Barrett, when he listens to this podcast, he's gonna know that you use an I... E and you drink the tea. <laughs> I know. I'm so screwed. <laughs> and you cannot pee. <laughs> All right, uh, we will move on to cinema sins. We'll start with uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, the second Mistress Maleficent movie. Uh, this was a Dicer Scott script. <laughs> Jeremy and I wrote on it. Uh, I'll just start by saying, am I the only one that's seen this movie? No, I've seen it. So, Jonathan, I mean, you've seen it, it as I well. I saw it in the theater. I haven't seen it since. Whenever the October, whatever. Danae, if you're if you're done with your evil voices. No, no, no. I just was I, wondering if you've seen the movie. Um, No. Okay. No, I saw the first one. Oh, you did yeah, see the child. first one. I've mm-hmm. seen it. Yeah. So, what did you think of the first one? Well, okay. Uh, Angelina is just one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my agree, whole life. Agree. She's I gorgeous. I don't care what she's in. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I liked it because I like fairies and I like, yeah. you know, fantasy. I also like that her daughter was in it. I think those are kind of cool moments when you can see, you know, an actress that's just been around for a long time and they're kind of moving more into something kind of for their children to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so... If the question is, why did she do this? Which Jeremy asks this question whenever I asked mm-hmm. him what he thought of Maleficent. He's like, maybe she has a bad agent, you know? Oh. But I think... No, I think it's a purposeful decision I on think, her part. Yeah, I think part of what she's doing is she's creating kind of something for her children to enjoy that she can kind of have her, you know, fingerprints in. So I liked it. Um, the first one. The first one. Yeah. For I those think you'd reasons. like the second one, too. I think I probably would, especially when it's kind of in line with like a Shrek or just something where it's just silly, you know, mm-hmm. you just you don't you don't go for depth and, and meaning. I I actually think there's a lot of depth in the second one. And I'm I'm gonna talk about that here in a second. But... You and Jeremy had very different experiences, I know. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Jeremy and I had very <laughs> different experiences with this I, movie. Like it's I didn't remember, like I said, I saw it in the theater. I didn't remember a whole lot about it. Um, I just remember it being kind of blah to me. Like, it just wasn't really my thing. Um, 
I one thing I don't really care for in them, and especially in this one, because they make her more of a good guy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Maleficent is like one of my all time. I think she's one of the all time great Disney villains. Yeah, and that's been neutered with these movies in quite quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, a little bit, kind of like what Star Trek did with the Borg. Uh, eventually, you know, sure. It, it, I, I don't, and, and I think that's just kind of the arc of a villain at some point. Um, but I just that part of it, I just don't really care for. Jolie's great though. Um, I think it's a valid question though why she's doing it, mainly because she doesn't do that many movies anymore. I, so it is kind of curious I, as to why this is what she chose to do. I really do think it's about leaving something for her kids to enjoy. Um, that makes the most sense. Because I remember t- her talking about it in the first one. Um, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of why Vito Mortensen Vigo Mortensen played Aragorn. Vito Mortensen for sure. I can remember the word Aragorn, but I can't remember his last name. Call him yeah. Aragorn. That's what Jeremy does. Yeah. That's why... Because he he chose that because his children wanted him to play Aragorn. That's why he right. decided to. That's one of the deciding factors, I guess I should say, and why mm-hmm. he decided to join that franchise. That's so why Tommy Lee Jones played Two Face. Yeah, I mean, there's you, you get a lot of actors that mm-hmm. say they do it for their kids. Yeah, and um, you know, as far as her like changing over to be like one of the greatest villains, I sort of like the idea of what makes a villain and a, a chance for like a little bit of redemption, mm-hmm. um, or the nuance of you know villainous decisions from a different perspective can or, actually or, seem interesting, or even that some people make. Uh, decisions that seem evil to some people or even darker decision making because that's just part of their makeup it's part of their history they're yeah. still they they can it's like there are some people that can make easier decisions that are a darker darker decisions easier than than others and so to me it seems like maleficent's character can make those darker decisions quicker because it's just part yeah. of like her personality i i having not seen the second movie and watching the sins video and realizing it's a little bit of an origin story for her to see that she has other people like her that seemed interesting as far mm-hmm. as like she's oh she's World not just wise. like this um yeah like uh i think of the first movie Anomaly. was sort of like a yeah like a fairy gone fairy on i don't know growth hormone or something <laughs> you know <laughs> and I, will, I will say yes. that um michelle pfeiffer is one of my all-time favorite actors yeah and so her getting i mean her being put in the villain role is perfectly fine with me right and yeah she's, she's really good yeah no she's really good in it yeah i i think this movie is better than a lot of people think um it is certainly this the sins video uh i will say this about the video even before we get into it uh has the mo- one of the most per capita actual sins you know for videos we do like it it is a lot mm-hmm. of actual nonsense right yeah. and it's yeah. very paint by numbers it's yeah. very you know, laid superficial, out, superficial. Mm-hmm. but the story is actually touching on a really important and poignant topic for our time which is the idea of the other the idea of you know us versus them and this movie mm-hmm. is in many ways trying i think in succeeding especially for a younger audience to go, here's why us versus them is so dangerous. Here's why putting people in a category and saying you're the other is so dangerous. And the movie touches on it with some really beautiful speeches some beautiful mm-hmm. lines, some moments where we really get to see how that hurts people and, you know, how our prejudices uh, affect our perspective. Um, it's so, doing some really interesting deep work, but super interesting take. So um, we as a family just recently saw Frozen 2, and I would say that that's sort of a theme in that one as well mm-hmm. with like you know these yes. two kind of separate clans and them like living apart such or whatever. an important theme for right now yeah. You know? yeah yeah 
I, I can see that kind of in the midst uh, of the Sins video. I obviously should watch it apart from the Sins video because to me, it just looked like it was a bunch of beautiful <laughs> <Nonsense>. trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of nonsense. But, yeah. for sure. This is definitely like, this is not like, like I, this is definitely is a, is a head above like some of the other Disney ad- live action adaptations like Alice in Wonderland and sure. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. Pete's dragon and Dumbo. I mean, I would definitely put it somewhere like in the middle of the pack. Um, but yeah, yeah yeah um what'd you guys think of the video today um the fairies dick dick pics was <laughs> yeah. perfect that was so funny good um i don't know oh which reminds me if this was the trigger i wanted to have happen so thank thank you brain i have been getting linked about six times so far to the there's like this twitter uh person that that posts dick oh, dick pics. Yeah, dick dick pics yeah and so i just want to say thanks to everybody who is a fan of the show and also on twitter dick dicks. yes yeah. that, are, that are sending me the unsolicited dick dick pics on twitter i think every time every time i get one i think it's hilarious yeah i will i will never i will never grow old of that being <laughs> that so yeah. it's just like a funny little thing that's happening so i enjoyed seeing uh that joke um I'm not in the mood for this. Is said by the two characters in two minutes is what I said before watching this. <laughs> yeah. Um. I thought that those are kind of fun when those like little little statements are made, and that right. was actually my mood watching this one. Like, <laughs> I wasn't really like, oh, okay, I'm gonna watch Maleficent. So I was like, that's my mood now too. Yeah. So it was like a little trifecta. Um. The sublayer steel factory, uh, generating <laughs> noise and heat and everything like that and people having to go in and out and so many people and as she's or as the camera is panning in there's one person that's like i don't know maybe she's making some kind of a weapon or something and Uh she's in high heels (laughs) yeah i would have sinned that you know like that's that one for me you don't go to work in high heels yeah very very especially at the, the secret basement foundry yeah and so again loving to try to piece together a plot of a movie from our sins videos yeah so that was kind of fun i had a lot of questions though watching it because i was curious about the plot so well, i think can, i'm just gonna have him. to no i think i think it's okay to have questions and oh, like, sure. like want to go <laughs> and it's watch okay it. if you have questions you <laughs> thank can you ask. Yes. So supportive. you're welcome let me explain how asking questions goes uh no, i'm just kidding <laughs> so okay well here's here's the questions and you don't have to answer them but that's just like so she finds out who she is. Was she shot out of the air and fell into her homeland? Is this movie just explaining itself as it goes? What did she throw up into the air? How did she dissolve? Is metal really an allergy? <laughs> so it was just, well, me- I had a lot of those questions. Metal, metal is an allergy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, for the people in the movie, yeah. guys. Because <laughs> that, you know, I'm missing those conversations. So it was just like the sins are giving me clues about what was actually some of those are plots. some of those are addressed slightly in the movie most of them are not mm-hmm. um the the whole origin of her species kind of thing but, is so she's she's shot out of the sky she falls and then she's in her homeland i guess the one question i want answered is, oh she is got she... rescued okay they, they've been watching her oh of course yeah they've oh. been they've been watching her and like through the palindrome no just the, I, that, I guess that's tracking not palindrome her, but... is it palindrome that palindrome is the what you call that like the word same. auto a palindrome is the same forwards and backwards, right? Yeah, like yeah, the word like race auto. car. Yeah, race car. Yeah. But but what 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 is it in in Lord of the Rings? Uh, a paladin? Pa- palad? No, no, no. It's the thing that you can look through. Oh, um, a telescope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to help. Anyways, why? Jonathan's like, guys, I really am trying to the, the palantir. Oh yeah, 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 the palantir. So they're like looking at her through some sort of. No, no. They, I think they're just following her. I think they they just are aware because they were there to save her. Okay. Like when she went down in the water, mm-hmm. somebody dove in and and 
brought her out. So I think so, they so just... there's human sized gigantic fairies walking around and no one's ever seen them before. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just want... Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, it it is surprising to me, and and this is why we made the joke, but it is surprising to me how much that part of this plot is like How to Train Your Dragon Three. Yeah. It is like a secret world. Or yeah. Something. It is so that yeah. scene in How to Train Your Dragon Three where they go fly around and look at all the species of dragons. Yeah. And I'm like, that is this movie. Yeah. Like. It's amazing. Um, well, that answers a few questions that I had. So Good. thank you. The, the last one I'll mention is uh, now on to the betting ceremony. <laughs> died. Died laughing. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? <laughs> um, there were a lot of like lines in this that just had me just dying. Yeah. Um, stealing a crown is a bad idea, even if you are adorable. was one that got me. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's like that show on PBS my wife watches, only with horns. I yep. assume that was Downton Abbey. Uh, I, I you you'd have to ask to Jeremy. Him? That's a Jeremy sin. So oh. I, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I liked he survives this working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I also loved how the narrator was trying to figure out uh, what the Moors were in the context of this film. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a fun journey. Um, and gland to gland combat is now officially the most <laughs> disgusting sex euphemism I've ever heard. I did it. I've never. Like, I did talk, it. Like, Bones I got it going in. down. <laughs> oh uh, no yes that is a that is a boner boner retraction gland to gland combat i told you i was gonna use it and was, i used I'm it sorry when did you say you were gonna use it was it on the show yes do you remember the keeping tabs where i went through the list of sexual oh, euphemisms I, <gasps> I totally and i told forgot. you gland to gland combat was my favorite and it was gonna get used and oh my god i finally got that. it in there Jonathan, did you said. remember that? No. I, that <laughs> thanks, is guys. hilarious. You're making me feel real great here. Uh, thanks for paying attention to all the things I say on the show. It's uh, very kind. Six <laughs> percent. No, yeah. Go back uh, and listen to that the sexual euphemism one. You know where we're. I mean, it sounds familiar now. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I remember uh, cracking up at all of them, but I forgot that you said you were going to slide it in. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. congrats. Oh, my God. And what, I think it was also because so it funny. was the fanning. Is it L fanning? Mm-hmm. And she's, I mean, she's an adult, but she's really young. And so I think that probably partook in Oh, yeah, just feeling gross. creepy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel creepy at all. I was glad, I was glad <laughs> to get that in there. Uh, I, yeah, I just wanted to say the Karate Kid outtake was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there's some good ones. I actually ones. just saw a movie this weekend with um with the Cobra Kai instructor in, uh, uh, which was interesting because I hadn't seen him in forever, and it was a current movie too, and uh, that was just really funny watching that after I watched that movie. Yeah, he's back. He's in uh, season two of Cobra Kai. If you haven't watched that yeah. too, so he's doing those. He's doing a commercial too. I can't remember what it's for, but he's playing the Cobra Kai instructor yeah. in the commercial. He's, he's having a moment. That's for sure. Yep. Good for him. Yeah, I I really enjoyed. This is one of my favorite that uh, that I've written on. Uh, goes up there on my list. Had a lot of fun doing this. Thing I like about the gland to gland combat is not just is not just being able to use it, but that it's used in what is, in my opinion, the worst sin of the movie, which is complete <laughs> genocide going on around them. And immediately on a dime, it's like let's throw a wedding. Let's have a wedding. And it's just like what? Yeah. Like you, the bodies aren't even cold, people. Like mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, please, please uh, go to Jen tonight and be like, hey, baby, you want to have some gland to gland combat? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. that goes over. I will. I'll, I'll let you know. Um, so <laughs> no, so, please yeah. don't. 
No? Yeah, that's <laughs> no, a good don't. point. Unless it's a really funny story where you're rejected and Jen says something hilarious. Okay. Yeah. You don't want a detailed uh, nope. detailed conversation about my sex life? Listen, we have a sponsor that <laughs> is going to ask us to talk about some some of our sensitive areas and product <laughs> that you might be able to use soon. Uh-huh. That'll probably be just as much as Eno- we enough should. Enough information as enough. possible. Okay, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I wanted uh, also to mention uh, uh, the I think someone was faking such and such allergy for attention is yeah. now going to be one of my favorite running uh, sins. <laughs> I will use that anytime there's not consistency in an illness. Uh, I've already used it twice. Uh, one of them is coming up, but uh, nice. But yeah, I just that the fact that they are all about oh metal kills us, it hurts, it burns, and then they're it's, like they're patting just, each yeah, other, yeah, just like hugging. patting the chainmail and hey hugging and yeah. So I, I did enjoy that. What did Jeremy? Did you have anything else Jeremy wanted to say about Maleficent? Um, yes, I did, and then I deleted it. So let me go back over <laughs> here. Here's the I quote. I can probably imitate it. I hated this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am really sad that something else could have been. Created instead of this. <laughs> yep, yep. That that one's kind of in there. Here, here it is. Maleficent two sucks ass. She's not evil, and the plot is lifted from a Game of Thrones episode. I hated it. I took joy in sinning it. And Angelina Jolie had a bad agent. <laughs> well, now we know how Jeremy feels. Uh, I think we do also have to talk about the pomegranates. Uh, it's like every other comment in the video. Are so you going to talk about it in keeping tab? I wasn't planning on it. Um, it's I, okay. I figure we can talk about it now. <laughs> Let's do it. So cool. what happened? Um, it's just, it's cinema sins. Like, he didn't know what they were, so he called them red onions. Like, it's really that simple. Like, it's the same way he would, if he didn't know who an actor was, he might call them discount, you know, such and such, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, it is It is part of the joke. And it just always cracks me up because, like, all those comments are right. Yes, they're pomegranates, but that impacts the sin slash joke. Zero. Zero. Like, it changes nothing about that joke other than he called them the wrong name. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, that's always fascinating stuff to me. Um, the fact of the matter is there are so many weird, stupid mm-hmm. piles of food on that table. A big ones. Uh, then it makes no sense. There mm-hmm. was a, uh, the last Shrek movie we did. I remember when we were doing the editing process, there was a, there was a fruit or vegetable or something. I remember what it was now, but we went back and forth on what it was and did research and all, it happens sometimes, you know, we, you know, yeah, some, some of that stuff, you, it's hard to tell and, you know, yeah. and if it doesn't affect the sin itself, then who cares? It doesn't matter. Oh, oh the people care. Because they found something they can sit well, us about. I, I, yeah, easy reach. Exactly. And I've talked about this before. I don't even fault people for being pedantic no. when they're coming to be fans of a pedantic video channel. Like, you know, that's kind of fun. We can send you, but you can't send us. No, okay? Yeah, you can totally send us. That's great. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I, I have no problem with it. Uh, oh, absolutely. Ready to move on to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, Joe. boy. Uh, this was an Atkinson share script. Uh, Chris and Barrett wrote on this. Listen, they wrote a lot of their thoughts. Like Chris wrote such a great amount of like comments About the on it. Actual movie itself or the the sins video? I'm just curious. It's a little bit of all of it. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, let's let's go into it. Just go ahead and and re- I know it's a lot, but go ahead and read it. And I'm I'm really curious to because as somebody who loves this like love loves this movie, I'm Ooh. really curious to to hear kind of his thoughts. Okay, I'm I'm excited to have a lot to read in a way because um I stopped watching this video because I was like <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. So reading about it from Chris and Barrett was actually kind of helpful. Okay, here's what Chris had to say. It's hard to tackle revisionist history like Once Upon a Time because 
even though the movie is trying to be accurate for the era, it also deviates and you have to figure out if for the movie it's consistent. The fun aspect of sinning once upon a time is in Hollywood is looking up stuff to see the era specific details and if they're accurate. Which Quentin Tarantino is, you know, obviously very persnickety about. Right. Uh, He said, at first I thought it was weird that in 1969 there were so many movies from 1968 in the background of a lot of shots. Even though I knew movie schedules were different back then, I don't think I realized how different they were. The movie starts in February of 1969, and I think only two to three movies would have been released in the year of 69 at that point. And so the holdovers from 68 would dominate the landscape. Right. Uh, Zero movies were released in February, according to the sources that he looked at. so incredible to think how different it was. Yeah, that is interesting, right? Yeah. Because they're so expensive and just the whole, like, even distribution. Movies were in theaters for a year. Like, you know, that just wasn't uncommon. And they traveled. They, like, uh, they would be, like, in a couple cities at first, then they'd move on to a couple more cities. Yeah, because you actually had to, to, you know, transport the prints. The actual film. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How many copies would there be of a film? Uh, it depends on the production company. You know, that's that's, that's a decision they would have to make. How many, you know, copies are we going to make? And then you could only make, like, you can make a copy, but then if something happens to it, like, if you watch it too many times, it could kind yeah. of wear down or yeah. whatever. Well, and every time it's moved, you have to cut it apart into right. different reels. And then so you lose a little bit of those frames after time with those cuts. It's incredible. It is, yeah. Uh, he goes on to say, still, I was able to find the George Peppard movie Pendulum came out in March of 69. So mm-hmm. that was worth a super nitpicky sin. Uh, the major one where I think I that where I think Tarantino blew it, he says, was Tora Tora Tora, which came out in 70 and was mm-hmm. shown in a flashback for a scene involving the Green Hornet, which had been had shot in 66 to 67. And he's right in that sin when he talks about that it was on like on set. And so on set, maybe they had marketing stuff for movies that were coming out. But I think that's still a good good thing to mention because it seems unlikely. Um, Like many Tarantino films, you sit there and you don't write anything for long stretches because it's entertaining and exactly the kind of movie he wants to make. You have to dig deep on these kinds of movies. And if you do, you have to turn a sin that might be shit into something worthwhile. But regarding the revisionist history, the Manson murders and Sharon Tate, you can generate some decent sins. Uh, Once Rick Dalton alters the course of history by yelling at the killers before they go into the Polinsky house, then the motives change. I didn't find the reasoning for the Manson killers to change their target to Dalton all that convincing. Even though we had he had been a dick to them, they were on instructions from their leader to go to the house where Sharon Tate was and kill everyone there. Because of some silly nonsense, they changed their course. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. Furthermore, I think it's fun to think about the movies and shows that get made back in this time and realize that Dalton's mere existence should change the way more than the movie says it does. The funniest thing I found during research was looking up the episode of the FBI that Dalton's on. It's an actual episode, Mm -hmm. one where he plays a character that Burt Reynolds played. The idea that they did the episode many years after it actually aired and didn't use Burt Reynolds should affect a lot. And it was fun to write sins about that and call it the Dalton effect. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. That's it's because here's here's the thing, Um, you know, Quentin Tarantino. And I think I said this when the movie came out. It's one of the things I love about the movie. He is using his camera as a time machine. Like he is actually not just transporting himself and his audience back in time. He's also using it how people might use a time machine where they go back 
and change things like, you know, the whole thing of, uh, you know, going back in time and killing Hitler before he became Hitler and started, mm-hmm. you know, World War Two. Uh, so it, it's kind of one of those things where he's he's he is treating his stories like a time machine. And I find it fascinating. But in the same way, time travel movies have issues with the butterfly effect. So so do, so do these mm-hmm. plots. So, no, I think that's valid. Uh, Barrett said Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a long movie. But Chris uh, and he knocked it out fairly quickly. Um, There are a lot of slow takes and deliberate pacing in this movie, as we mentioned in the video. Which I love. It's really (laughs) indulgent. You do? Yep. He says it's really indulgent when it comes to the cutaways and the other projects that Rick was in. Um, And that part didn't bother me as much as the super lingering shots of Hollywood porn. (laughs) (laughs) Along with all of the goddamn driving. I think Tarantino made the exact movie he wanted to make. And typically that's right up my alley. But this one misses a bit for him. It's still very good. But he doesn't think it will get to the point where he ever loves it. Yeah. I I think the length is just a preference thing. Because, I mean, Barrett, for instance, he'll watch a three and a half hour Paul Thomas Anderson movie. And, right, you know, not think twice about it. So I think it's just whatever works for you. Yeah, I, I think I think it's I mindset love the pacing too. Pacing in this movie, there's nothing I would cut out of this movie. Me either. I'm the mm. same. In fact, I I would watch the six hour version of this movie. Like I love this world. I the way he lived in like it just felt so real. And these characters were so mm-hmm. interesting. For like he talks about the driving. I loved watching Brad Pitt's character. I loved watching Cliff yeah. Booth drive because he's just such an interesting person. And I wanted to know, like his his whole conversation while he's driving, I found fascinating uh, mm-hmm. with the girl he picked up. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, for me, I, for whatever reason, my mindset was more in. I am so glad to be here and just let me live here as long as you you want. You know. Uh, yeah, that was me as well. Yeah, I just I find it to be a a, a fascinating movie. So, um, and it doesn't sound like they hated it. It just sounds no, like, no, no. Yeah. I, I didn't get the impression that they didn't enjoy it. I got the impression that it's like one of those movies where you have to really like find a way to, you know, draw the sins out of it because you're mm-hmm. having like mm-hmm. even you, you respect it maybe. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's what they had to say. No, I, yeah, I've, I've had conversations with both of them about this and they, they both like it quite a bit from what yeah. I can tell. So. Well, cool. Let's talk about the uh, the sins in the video uh, itself. Um, I loved the phrase footage footage uh, when they're talking about uh, Tarantino's foot fetish, which they are totally right. He's just like leaning into it in this movie. Uh, it is every actress shows their naked feet at some point uh, in, you know, a very close up kind of way. So uh, it's that's a little fascinating to me. Um, the the statement. Yes, I'm jealous and a bit thirsty right now. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> Uh, so true. Um, the uh, the phrase self ex expedigration, like a combination of exposition, exposition, and self deface- defacement. It, yeah, it was yeah. it was great. It was a beautiful portmanteau. Uh, in fact, there were so many in there. It might have been a portmanteau or a portman three. Uh, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, I loved the uh, speaking of portmanteaus. I loved caster baits. Uh, which I, I thought was great. And then also the section where they actually used the ding from the movie as the sending after they send that part of the movie. So <laughs> was that the one that was extra long. No, it's basically just a car that is doing a ramp and they use an arrow and point to it and go, it goes ding. 
and, or whatever. And it's like, oh, this they're sitting the movie for us. There's an arrow and a ding. That's enough for oh, me. Oh, gotcha. And then okay. when, it, when they send it to go on to the next one, it actually uses the, the ding. ding sound know, from but, the movie. And that yeah. ding sounder is a little longer. And oh, more yeah, like yeah. T- it's, it's a higher pitch or something. It's a higher pitch for sure. Yeah. I was like, did we change our ding? <laughs> because I didn't watch the movie. I wasn't. Yeah. I, did, I, I didn't pick up on that. So yeah. that's, that's brilliant. So those were some of my favorite parts. What about you, Jonathan? Um, I just wanted to bring up white pants. What that was. Uh, that was, <laughs> yes. and it's. I don't know this for a fact, but I am curious. I need to ask Barrett about it because I think he might have been trolling my wife. But um, if he wrote it, uh, there, there's an end joke between the two of them about white pants. Um, What's eating snake Pliskin was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuck you, Rob Cohen was really funny for yep. some reason that just caught me off guard. And uh, and you know Tarantino has a very well known, well documented uh, foot obsession. So them pointing out all the instances with feet was uh, was pretty fascinating. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I didn't think about it the first time uh, when I watched yeah. it the second time on Oscar weekend. Uh, it became very <laughs> evident to me. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I was and the up urban legend outtake with Rebecca Gayhart. Um, I I I've used that outtake a couple of times. It's oh I, that ding 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 thing. Oh it's, yeah. It's brilliant. Do you think he killed his wife? I don't know. I've never, honestly, I've watched the movie three times now, but I've never really thought about it. I know that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different opinions on it. I can't really tell what Tarantino wants you to think. Yeah, but... there's two, there's two different questions, right? Question number one yeah. is, do you think the movie is telling you he killed his wife? And I'm a firm no on that. I think the movie leaves it very much open open i agree um and then the second question is well do you think he killed his wife and i think i'm in the yes camp on that although it's very slightly um i'd probably lean no but i don't really have a good way to back that up me either i don't have a good way to back the yes up and i think that clarifies that the movie is deliberately being open-ended on that it kind of i don't it's not really a MacGuffin, but it does kind of feel like the suitcase in pulp fiction in a way like it it's it's just something that's kind of left out in the air and yeah well it's a it's a story uh element of that character to why people don't like working with him you know it it gives it gives that character an unlikability to other characters that he wouldn't have otherwise because well how do you make brad pitt unlikable (laughs) you know what i mean Well, well and then his um the way he uh the way he dispatches with one of the Manson uh, women, although he is like high on, he's on drugs, but yeah. that scene cigarette. makes that question a little more interesting, I think, because yeah. you're like, well, he, you know, because it's very violent <laughs> what he yes. does. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, you're right. It does play into that a little bit. And maybe that's yeah. why I lean yes. Maybe, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe there's something we're not supposed to like about him. And I don't know. It's 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 fascinating though and i love the movie uh i love i love the ending uh i love so much about it um enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 
You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk. Wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're? Okay, we're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash bts so go fill it out let's move on to keeping tabs the internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another ha ha oh jeez this is the most public yet of my many humiliations we're each going to tell a story from putting together the week's content maybe a google search we did some strange research a deleted sin uh, really whatever we want to talk about uh jonathan why don't you go first this time Sure. Um, I, when we did the Breaking Saul episode of Breaking Bad, I, um, I mean, of I'm Better sorry. Call Bad, the Breaking Better Saul episode Saul. of Better Call Bad. <laughs> God damn it. Let me try this again. All right. So I looked up spinoffs. I did some research just on uh, television spinoffs in general. Um, and um, I'm not going to steal your thunder, I promise, because you said you were going to talk about this too, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but I just looked up like other shows that were spun off of shows. And I, I, I found this list of really weird ones that I thought was really funny and I ended up not using it in the script, but, um, I just thought I'd mention a few of these. Uh, so do you guys remember Baywatch nights? No, nope. <laughs> That's amazing. Tell us more. I actually remember this. I think I might've even watched an episode. This was when X-Files was super popular and so was Baywatch. So they decided uh, David Hasselhoff had this great idea where he would be a cop um, investigating X-Files type mysteries. Um, wow. Yeah. And it didn't last very long. That's Big amazing. Surprise. <laughs> uh, Trapper John MD was another one that was a spinoff of MASH, yep. but the people that created it uh, set uh, claimed they were spinning it off of the movie and not the TV show to the point where um, the creators of the show actually sued Fox. Uh, because they thought that, you know, they should be, I guess, making money off of it as well. And uh, Fox actually won, and Trapper John lasted like seven seasons. Uh, Torchwood was another one. Did you watch Torchwood? I didn't watch it, but um, I, I, I don't know. It was just, I'm a Doctor Who fan, but mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. There's enough Doctor Who for me to watch. I don't need to, I don't know. If it didn't have the Doctor in it, I wasn't. You know, I watched, I've seen a couple episodes of it, but the thing about Torchwood too is there was like cursing. It was a lot darker. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't yeah. as, I guess, as Doctor Who-ish. I guess they were you trying know, to make it like the anti-Who. Um, I do remember the first time I realized Torchwood was an anagram for Doctor Who, uh, which kind of blew my mind. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now my mind's blown. See? You're welcome. <laughs> but the, the, the weirdest one I found, though, was there was a Hill Street Blues spinoff called Beverly Hills Bunts. Um, what? Yeah, Norman Bunts was a character on Hill Street Blues, which was a very serious drama thriller kind of show. And uh, when the show ended, they they took his character, made a sitcom about him being a private eye in Beverly Hills. Uh, it did not last long. Um, no surprise. I also thought wow. it was interesting. I looked up what had the most spinoffs, which it has to be. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me let me guess. Okay. Um, I think it has to be. Um, I don't think you're gonna get this. Um, I it's have. either it's either Happy Days or Mork and Mindy. But Mork and Mindy was Mork. And, I'm gonna say Happy Days. Okay, so I don't know how many Happy Days had, but uh, there was a show. That, this is kind of a cheat, probably. Uh, there was a show that lasted for a season called The Archie Show um, in 1968 to 1969. It had 10 spinoff series. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fat. No, I would have never guessed that. No, that's what I'm saying. I never would have either. But yeah, see, so Happy Days had Joni Loves Chachi, mm-hmm. had Mork and Mindy, right? Yeah. yeah. All in the Family had five. Laverne and Shirley, doesn't that come from that family as well? I don't know. Happy Days. Oh, yeah. So Happy Days had Mork and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley, Joni Loves Chachi, The Fonz and the Happy Days Gang was a cartoon. Yeah. Blansky's Beauties and nice. Out of the Blue. So that's nice. six. See, I that's knew there lot. were a bunch of Happy Days spinoffs. So that would probably be like the real answer. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, going down that road uh, further with... Uh, research on the Better Call Saul episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I did some some interesting research into all the winks uh, that they took from this episode. I think we mentioned Ice Station Zebra Associates, mm-hmm. um, which is the same name that he and Kim Wexler uh, gave their fictitious software company um, in the uh, second scam of the uh, of Better Call Saul. And that's a 1960s movie. Do they ever talk about that? I don't like, think he just like the movie. I, I don't. I think he probably got it from there. But no, they don't really gotcha. ever talk about it. Interesting. Um, when Walt and Jesse take Saul out to the desert, he pleads with them that it wasn't me, it was Ignacio. Uh, Ignacio was Nacho and is now a character in Better Call Saul, oh. uh, who was planning to make moves against members of the cartel. Um, so there's that. And then there's also in the same scene, he asked if they were sent on behalf of Lalo. Um, and in the fourth season of Better Call Saul, Lalo is finally seen on screen and revealed to be Hector Salamanca's nephew. Huh. Um, so yeah, so all this stuff that they've connected after the fact, uh, also Saul Goodman employs a criminal named Jimmy in and out, uh, to take Badger's place in prison. Uh, even though it was unknown to them at the time, Saul's real name is actually Jimmy. Uh, yeah. so that's, that's kind of fascinating that they would go that route. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where you just, you, you look at those facts and you're just kind of like, wow, it's amazing. Well, did Better Call Saul, did it air after Breaking Bad ended or did it start oh, while totally. Breaking Bad was yeah. still on? No, no, no. A few years after Breaking Bad had already okay, wrapped that's up. That's what I thought. So that's you wonder if once they decided to do it, they went back to that episode. Yeah, and- I think so. Yeah, yeah. Or I think if they that's had the that case. idea in their head all along. Who knows? Man, I love I love Better Call Saul so much. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's incredible incredible to me that they made a prequel spinoff that good uh, from you know just kind of this one character that nobody would have picked as the character to make a spinoff about. You know what I mean? Even though people love yeah. him, like it just wouldn't make sense 
in the typical way you would think about a spinoff, but that's kind well, of what yeah, makes it so genius. Yeah, you think they would have done like Hank. Yeah, yeah, something or like even, that. Or even maybe even Jesse, you know. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, maybe that's not possible, but you know, but if they were going the prequel route, right. um, they could have done a lot of things. So. Yeah. What about you, Danae? What's your keeping tabs? Well, first of all, I wanted to say that Jeremy mentioned something about Breaking Bad, and I forgot to mention it when we were talking about it. So just real quickly, he said he rewatched Breaking Bad's final season t- uh, yesterday on AMC. It was oh, a okay. marathon, I guess. And he thinks it's incredible. And everyone who says Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad is probably suffering from proximity bias. Um, I, he may be right about that. So uh, I just wanted to—I wanted to throw out his opinion on that. Does he not like Better Call Saul? Yeah, I was curious. Has he like seen it and doesn't like it? Listen, or? I didn't ask questions. Oh, okay. I just right, said if you enough. have any thoughts, share them. And I'm not going to probe the man. I he's think what's busy. surprising, I think the reason he's right about proximity uh, bias, but I think what happens is people didn't expect it to be even close to as good. And the fact that it is close to as good makes people go, is this actually in a competition with Breaking Bad as far yeah. as how good it is? And it is. I think you could have that debate. Now, I come down on the same side and thinking Breaking Bad is just spectacular storytelling and television. Spectacular even. Um, but uh, but Better Call Saul is good enough that you actually can have that debate. I think spinoffs in general, though, I think they have enough of a track record to where that's not really that weird. I mean, if you, I mean, I mean, you know, you have shows like Frasier and yeah, but then you also um, have shows Angel like and huh. And then you also have shows like Joey, you know. <laughs> like, no, you do have bad ones. Don't get me. But I just, but I don't think it's like, um, I don't think it's like the d- diminishing returns conversation that we used to have about sequels right, and right. and remakes. I think there's more quality. I think there's more. Uh, I think there's a lot of pluses on the on the spinoff yeah. side. Uh, yep. What about you, Danae? Um, I actually don't have anything this week for Keith right. and Debs. Well, let's move on to the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to uh, pick a comment to respond to from the week's videos. We'll also have some general feedback from you here as well. General feedback. Um, my comment is just that Colonel I... Colonel question. <laughs> we have a new theme song, apparently. <laughs> Today's in a singing mood. When isn't she? Uh, mine is just, I agree with this comment uh, on the Once Upon a Time video about the funniest part of Once Upon a Time. And I just wanted to say it. Uh, it says, the funniest part of this movie, Cliff, what was your name again? Tech. I'm the devil, and I came to do the devil's business, he says, aiming a gun at Cliff. Cliff, nah, it was dumber than that. (laughs) That line slays me. So props to you, comment person, for picking an amazing funny line from the movie. What do you got, Jonathan? Um, In Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we had a sin about, well, we had both a plus and a minus on um, uh, Captain Holt had a, uh, his badge, um, he had a he had a thing showing that he was one of the nine eleven responders. Oh yeah, I remember the sin, and I do remember seeing some of the comments about yeah. you know maybe why that was and different things. That was interesting. Yeah, so there's a there's a thing with with um, when it comes to like military officers and policemen being portrayed on screen to where so there's no imp- I guess so it's not saying that that person actually um, did that act or was involved in that. They do change the badges up and stuff just enough. Right. Um, And I knew this. And I actually, at one point when I was writing the sin, I worded it in a little bit, but it just got, it got a little too wordy. And the main thing I was doing was I wanted us to be able to recognize that the, that the creators thought to kind of put that nice little touch in, which I thought was Mm -hmm. 
very cool. And then at the same time, do one of those, but I'm an asshole and this isn't in the right place. So I'm going to go ahead and send it because, you know, we do that quite often. Right. And so that's what I was going for with there. But um, we did have quite a few comments. One of them said, actually, that is often done with these kinds of honors and done on purpose. Wearing them the wrong way symbolizes that the actors did not actually get them as to not be disrespectful to the real people who earn these badges. Same with medals on military uniforms and movies and all that jazz. I will say none of the none of the comments I read, though, were like negative towards us. I think it was more just like, hey, in case you didn't know. Right. I think that's so um, cool. Like, I, I didn't yeah. know any of that. And so as someone who's kind of getting used to thinking more about behind the scenes and how mm-hmm. things are created, um, it's cool that you knew that already, Jonathan. I was oh, learning I, well, from I, the comments. I learned it because I... I just learned it when I was doing my uh, research on that badge. It's pretty neat, though, like that there's, you know, you want to have something in the show, but you also don't want to be disrespectful to the people who actually experienced Mm -hmm. whatever, whether it's a war or in this case, 9-11. And so, um, yeah, that was a really, really cool uh and I love that I love learning things from the comment section. Anytime there's a learning opportunity where it's like, hey, did you did you know this? So it's kind of kind of nice. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. And and there is this thing also that happens where sometimes we just have to do the math on what it's going to take to explain that we know something is a little bit inaccurate yeah. versus it's not really about the sin. And so we're not going to mention it. Sometimes we'll mention it. Sometimes we won't. And we have to do that math. And there was just a sin recently. I wish I could remember what it was, but there was a sin I wrote recently that some people in the comments were like, hey, did you actually know that? And I was like, yes, I just decided not to go there because the sin wasn't about that, you know, and that just that happens sometimes. So mm-hmm. for so, sure. Yeah. Um, mine comes from the comment section for Brooklyn Nine-Nine from Aaron, who says, hey, Danae, <laughs> you know, I'm going to pay attention if my name's mentioned in the comment section. Uh, just here to say that my Corgi Cheddar is named after Captain Holt's Corgi. So if you do a future episode, it's the perfect opportunity to name drop the dog. <laughs> nice. So, which is great because Cheddar is one of the the names that I hope to like slip into a script someday because it's just such a great name so shout out to cheddar corgi nice yeah uh well now you know if you if you want to get your comment read on the show just call out danae by name (laughs) i pay attention she's not proud no she'll let you know (laughs) that's right uh we've got a question this week um Question comes to us uh, on Twitter. You can tweet at us at CinemasinsBTS. Uh, you can also send your questions uh, via email, BTS at CinemaSins.com. Uh, it says, have you got anything that lists all the sound clips you play to introduce each section? There are some I recognize, like Captain Kirk and Beyond the Sins, but there are loads where I just have no idea. And then Eric follows up and says, see, I've always wondered who chooses them. I was blown away when I first heard lyrics to Beyond My Wildest Dreams, as it's from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Broadway soundtrack. Uh, I settled on it and was uh, low key just a Google search. LOL. Um, or it was. I think it. I think they meant to say I settled on it was likely just a Google search. LOL. Uh, well, I can't comment on that one specifically. Um, but I, you know, this is one of those things when you talk about imposter syndrome. And I'll just since I kind of foreshadowed this a little bit, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and start here. Uh, this is where I feel my most imposter syndrome in working for Cinema Sins is movie clips. They do not come to me as quickly and easily as they do to Jeremy or Chris or Barrett or Jonathan, I assume. Uh, 
uh, it's one of those things where I have to Google search. I have to look stuff up. If I'm going to find like the outtakes that I do, because this reminds me a lot of outtakes, right? The idea that you remember a a quote from a movie and it applies to this thing and you're going to dub it over and it's going to be funny. Um, A lot of times I will do a Google search on something or uh, do go to there's a there's a place called QuoDB. Uh, Q-U-O-D-B, and I don't know if it's .com or what the extension is, but basically it has, it's a database of all movie scripts, and you can type uh-huh. in a word, and it'll show you, like, where it is in these movies. And so, like, I will use that to find, a, you know, a particular word. And sometimes I'll have an idea of, like, oh, I remember there's something in this movie, but I can't remember exactly what. Um, so this is not easy for me. I will say it does appear to be easy for other people. In the same way that puns are easy for me, like, wordplay is... Is easy for me like that stuff mm-hmm. just comes to me this does not but it does come to and i know it comes to jeremy more than others because you know i've i've known him for many years and he has the t-shirt that says i speak uh, movie quotes he's not kidding like mm-hmm. movie quotes just flow out of that man yeah, it's, we, yeah we were actually Chris in a, is the same yeah we were uh we use a lot of different ways to communicate as a team and, and one of our chat threads recently turned into like this back and forth conversation between the guys and it was like reading hieroglyphs. It was all in movie quotes. I had no idea what was going on. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes like a movie quote isn't just about the words. It's about what was happening in that moment, in that screen time. Right. So it could be like, so so he said, bugga bugga, you know, some kind of <laughs> right, weird yeah. reference. And, and then they know that that means someone's about to, I don't know, push somebody off a cliff. Right. You know, you just, if you've seen the movie and you remember everything, you know that, but... Yeah. And they're just, they're built that way. <laughs> and I'll remember them when people say them because I have seen a lot of movies. So but... you're one step ahead of me, probably 12, maybe a thousand well, Barrett steps. Barrett and I have a couple of those things, but one of them is A Few Good Men where just randomly one of us will ask, like it'll just be like a moment of silence or something. And the other one will ask, like one of us will ask each other, like, why do you want them on that wall? And then the other one will go through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, so so that was kind of the first thing that came to mind for me was how good, uh, you know, people are at that. Like, for instance, and this this is more specifically answering the question for our, you know, little sounders that we play between each segment. Mm-hmm. I was racking my brain for that stuff. And eventually was just like, why am I why am I doing this when it comes easily to other people? And so I emailed Barrett and said, hey, would you mind doing this? And he had me those clips like within a day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of one of those things where know who's good at what. And so the those the ones on our show were all put together by Barrett. Those all came out of his brain. So um, only he could answer kind of how he found those yeah. uh, and I'm, what I'm, those are. As far as outtakes, though, like I'm somewhere in between, I think. Like, I don't I'm not good with exact quotes, but like I'm but like you, I have a lot of movie knowledge in my head and I can remember like the gist of scenes and stuff. Yeah. And then so I'll look that like, you know, if I like I know this something happened in Ghostbusters, you know, and I'll look that up. And then sometimes I find something I'm not looking for that works better. Right. Yeah. When um, it comes to the outtakes um, and stuff like that, for me, it's it's definitely like sometimes I'll have it in my brain. And then I have to try to do these super random Google searches to try to figure out where it's from. Mm-hmm. I think one of them was maybe like Scuttle from Little Mermaid said it, but I and I could hear the tone in my head. I could hear the word in my head, but I had to figure out where it came from. And outtakes take so long because of that, because it's like 
You're just searching for they the. Do. They do. You're searching for the word, you know, everywhere. But it's like you can't type in Google that it has. It's inflected like that. You just type <laughs> it in. Can, it can mess up your rhythm too. So a yeah. lot of the times, I'll just make a note, and then after I'm done with the script, mm-hmm. I'll go back and. Yep. Yeah, because they're two different brains. Yeah. That's what I've yeah. discovered. Writing brain and outtake brain mm-hmm. are two completely different ways to watch the content. Yeah. And so yeah, I've shifted into outtake brain and realized I've written like four outtakes since I've written a sin, and it's just like oh. Because oh, yeah. I shifted my uh-huh. brain and I haven't shifted it back yet. One of the things I do for outtakes, and this is kind of reminds me of what you're talking about, Aaron, too, is, is is there'll be like a funny like lead in sentence. And then it would just be hilarious if it ended with. So let's say um, I just wish I could eat is like in the movie or mm-hmm. the TV show. And so then I think about something like a funny way to end that sentence. And so then I'll start a Google search of movie quotes or something mm-hmm. like this. Or I'll go to YouTube and just type in like um, fish and chips with applesauce or just something with like <laughs> crazy stuff. And I Pork end chops and applesauce. <laughs> yeah. And then I end up finding like, oh, this is a movie quote. So I have to sort of do the same thing. But again, it takes time. Sometimes it'll take me 20 minutes for one outtake to find that perfect, you know, clip. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then when you submit it, you hope that you've kind of pieced together the right puzzle pieces. Yeah to make it make sense because i can't keep all of that in my head either the other thing i will do is i will go on youtube and search for actors uh who are in the whatever we're sitting and just be like you know um so angelina jolie funniest scenes you know and then right. figure out a way to you know dub something she said funny over mm-hmm. you know one of her scenes from maleficent there, or, or whatever there are even some where i couldn't find the the scene like on like i knew the scene and i couldn't find it anywhere online i had the blu-ray or whatever so i would find the time f- stamp send that information to chris and be like do you have do you have this blu-ray <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice. and can you can you upload this and you know and he'll uh if it's if you know and sometimes that works sometimes we've done that before too where we've actually had to take it from the movie itself because we couldn't find it like on youtube or whatever so it might be uh, a fun thing someday, uh, as Bill mentions, to actually list those somewhere as far as like the specific ones on the Syncast and on BTS, yeah. Yeah. Um, that people could see those. Uh, we do not have that currently. I don't even mm-hmm. know. I know the ones I know, but you know, that's just a few Did of them. Did you guys them, know so. that we have a wiki fan page? What? Yeah. We do not. Someone told me that. I haven't looked it up myself. So you don't know that to be a fact? No, no, no. Okay. I, could, I could literally look it up right this second and confirm it. <laughs> Um, no, let's just let's just believe it's let's true. Let's just believe it's true. <laughs> let's just believe I'm it's just true. thinking that someday it might be on our wiki fan page. And you know what? If if you're the kind of person that loves to do this type of stuff, you could go you could go put it on our wiki fan page. Yeah. 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 Might as well. Kind of fun. Uh, Thank you for that question. If you've got one, uh, just let us know. Again, BTS at cinemasins.com or uh, Twitter at Mm -hmm. cinemasins. BTS. BTS. Yep. Let's move on to. Which is where those came from. That came from. uh, Twitter. Yeah, from the tweeters. From from Bill and Eric. Let's move on to our Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're just going to chat about something else from the pop culture world that we've seen recently. Uh, Jonathan, hit us up. What have you seen? I... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. What, did you do a Slurpee thing again? What no, that? that was more of a supposed to be a slap. Like, hey, we hit what? Anyway, instant boners everywhere. Did you, you me? Did you say uh, hit hit us up or something? Yeah, I said hit us up. Yeah. yeah. So then yeah, I was thinking I gotcha. about hitting and mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. 
I watched um I watched a uh I watched quite a few 2020 movies this weekend. Although I guess technically this is a 2019, but it just now became available like on VOD and everything. So I think technically this would be a 2020 movie. But it is a independent film uh, called After Midnight, and I actually tweeted about it this weekend as well. Uh, it's directed by uh, Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella, and Jeremy Gardner also wrote it, and he stars in it with uh, Bria Grant. Uh, she's probably most known from Friday Night Lights, the TV series. She was also on Heroes. Um, and she also does this great podcast, by the way, called Reading Glasses. If you're into a book podcast, it's one of my favorites. But um, Jeremy Gardner directed a movie in 2012 called The Battery, which was an independent uh, zombie film that I was not a huge fan of. But a lot of people love that movie. So uh, you might know him from that. I think this, but I did know in that movie, I could tell that, like, you know, he probably had the goods. Mm-hmm. And um, his this is his third movie, I guess. But After Midnight is uh, one I liked a lot more. Um, this is... Um, an independent film about um, this um, this guy who's played by Gardner. His girlfriend kind of not disappears, but leaves him. Um, and that's Bria Grant. And she just leaves a cryptic note behind that says, I've, I've got to go away for a while. And while she's away, um, he, uh, I guess his, he just kind of unravels, um, you know, trying to figure out why she would have left him and, and so on and so forth. And there's also this other thing going on where there may or may not be a monster in the woods uh, mm. by his house that comes out at night and tries to break into his house and and get him. He believes there is. Everybody else thinks he's just crazy because he lost his girlfriend and so on and so forth. Um, that's really all I want to say because this movie is really interesting if you don't know anything about it going in. Yeah. Um, I will say it is less of a horror movie and more of a romantic drama. Um, there are definitely horror elements in it, possibly with the with the with the possibility that there is a monster. But ninety nine percent of this movie is straight up romantic drama, and um, it's really well done. It's a really well told story. Um, it's a very it's a very uh, it's a very small film, obviously. It doesn't have a big budget or anything. So it's basically just a performance piece with Gardner and Grant, and they're great. Uh, Justin Benson's also in it as a supporting character. He's one of the directors of um, The Endless. If you do you remember that movie, Aaron, The Endless from yes. a couple years ago? Yep, I do. Yeah, great movie. Um, he's in this as well, but it's mostly just Gardner and Grant. And and really, honestly, it's mostly just Gardner because Grant's not in it for a lot of the time. Um, and there, But there is a scene where it's the two of them on a front porch um, just discussing uh, their relationship. And it probably goes on for like eight minutes. Um, talk about pacing that some people might not enjoy, but but much like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was totally, I was so wrapped up in the characters at that point. It was just such a beautiful scene, and it was like a really honest scene. I, I don't know that I've ever seen two characters talk about a relationship like that honestly in a movie. Like, um, I don't know how to explain it other than to say that. Um, so, so what's it called again? It's called After Midnight. And make sure you, it's the most recent After Midnight. There's also a movie from 1989 called After Midnight. You do not want to watch that. That is terrible. Uh, but I if just you thought, get the, 20, the 2019 one, you'll be good to go. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like the new series of, uh, you know, before movies. Um, you know, oh, the, no. <laughs> now they're doing the after movies. <laughs> no, but it is. I mean, but that's an interesting parallel because yeah. it is kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think? I'm going to talk about a website that I've been using for a very, very long time. And if you go to it, you 
will immediately be taken back in time to websites of old because this one's been around for a while. It's called themoviespoiler.com. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I have been going to the site for so long, I just kind of know it really, really well, but it's definitely not like user friendly in some ways. Like the search bar is at the very, 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 very bottom. So just kind of an, as an idea, they organize the different movies by usually what's in the box office and then kind of what's most popular. So you have to just kind of scroll, 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 scroll down to the bottom and you can search for like for example once upon a time in hollywood i do this a lot when i'm confused about a movie and essentially mm-hmm. i think it's all just like people submitted uh, material so yeah. someone goes and watches the movie and they write up a synopsis of it a lot of times this is on wikipedia um also but i think sometimes reading it from a person's perspective who uh is used to sort of writing for this website is fun and since i've been going here for a long time it sort of helps me fill in the gaps especially when i'm confused and once upon a time in hollywood as an example for this week was this for me because i was super confused based on you know the the sins video what was an actual history and what was different and, yeah. yeah and so then I, I went to a couple of different sites I, I went to wikipedia and got even more confused um and then i went to another couple of sites and it was all about explain the ending and i'm like okay i didn't i didn't even get to the part we're in the middle and i'm still confused <laughs> So then I came back over to my go-to. And so uh, I was tweeted at recently with someone saying that they're going to pull a Danae and read about something instead of watching it. So yeah. for anyone who might want to either like submit some stuff, maybe you're like someone who loves to watch and you want to write about a synopsis and Wikipedia is not your go-to, this could be kind of fun for you. Otherwise, it's just a interesting way to see a website because it's old school, yo. Uh, that is there, that is good to know though because there are times where I've watched a movie and I I I you know you even like you're in the theater you go to the bathroom or something you might have missed something or you're just confused about some things yeah. and it's it's that a I lot would of definitely times, use this a lot of times Wikipedia has that stuff but there's more they're they're definitely more like the synopsis like the quick sort of like quick Absolutely. version rather than sort of a detailed thing and and it depends on who's writing it and their writing style but I will tell you this site saved me from watching Pan's Labyrinth because when Pan's Labyrinth <laughs> came out I was like oh cool look at this like fantasy world because the way that they the way that they mm-hmm. del Toro. put it mm-hmm. out was that it was this really like cool fairy story with like this mm-hmm. sort of ethereal world and for whatever reason I decided to go read about it a little bit first and I read it and it was like what the actual heck and so I could not do it I couldn't go watch it and then I started hearing my friends who went thinking it was going to be this super like Mm -hmm. light thing and they came out traumatized um for all of that movie so i i've never seen pan's labyrinth and probably won't um that's my uh that's and i don't think i'm as big of a del toro fan as a lot of people that's my favorite del toro the stuff of nightmares (laughs) it it is it is for sure but it's a it's a really cool it's it's not an interesting fairy tale and that's the thing man about the uh the trailers sometimes they are so misleading they yeah. want to pull you into a movie so you go see it so they're going to lean really heavily into this sort of like fantasy thing and then yeah. you go sit down and it's like you know really really deep dark stuff and you know anyway the directors hate so. that too because they have nothing to do with the advertising right, right. usually and i understand and, why uh, it works i will yeah. say uh this website has continued to evolve 
slash devolve over time. <laughs> um, there's a lot of advertising on this one. There's a lot of banners and stuff. But again, it's old school. They really haven't updated it in a long time. So if you can just kind of avoid it and scroll, 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 go down to your search button, search what you want. Hopefully you enjoy it like I do. Um, it's good, too, because some people, despite uh, what you might think about most movie lovers, some people actually enjoy movies better when they know what's going to happen. That yeah. is a literal thing. People yeah. enjoy the spoilers. So, you know, that way they can just focus on enjoying the way the story is told and they're not as they don't get as excited about being surprised or those kind of things. So Robert Robert Zemeckis has even said in the past, essentially that, that he believes that if people know exactly what they're going to see, they'll enjoy it more. And that's why he's had a lot of his trailers uh give away pretty major plot points like the castaway trailer is pretty infamous for um giving away some stuff that if you haven't seen the movie you'd be like well i didn't need to know that (laughs) yeah yeah uh for my beyond the sins i am giving a huge shout out to the new fantasy island (laughs) no the new season of survivor winners at war i'm watching this uh shocker first episode was so good it is so fun to see all these people back uh if you don't know about it basically for season 40 40 seasons of this incredible show over 20 years uh they are just having winners compete against each other so everybody that's competing has won the show before and one of them has won it twice that would be sandra who somehow managed to win survivor twice which blows my mind is she the one that won australia no, uh, Tina oh, won Australia. Tina, that's right. Tina, and she never is, mind. She is not back, but among those back are some of my she, favorites. Sandra was on Pearl Island and Heroes versus Villains. Correct. And so they uh, have had they have had like all stars and stuff, but they've never yes. had just the winners. Never just winners. So you've got people like uh, uh, Parva, uh, Parva, Parvati uh, coming back. Yul Kwan is back. Uh, of course, Boston Rob and his wife Amber, the only married couple who have both won Survivor, which I think is uh, Ethan's really... on there too, right? Yeah, Ethan's on. Uh, yeah, it's coming back again. So yeah, Tyson Apostle, um, just all these winners that I've loved through the years coming back to fight. And right off the bat, it is obvious they are all there to win and they are all there to play. Dude, a chick pulls another chick's hair. <laughs> so you're going to be... You're going like, to be pretty happy about this. Um, I've watched Survivor sporadically over my lifetime. I saw the first two seasons, yeah. and then I've just seen it here and there. But CBS All Access, which I I have because of Picard and mm-hmm. Star Trek and stuff, they have every season on there. They sure do. And so I just, this weekend, uh, I started watching season three, and I'm just oh, going to nice. gonna make my way through it. Well, I will tell you, as soon as there there are two things that happen, one of which is uh, I can't mention to you yet, uh, and the other is Winners at War premiere happening. And those things, I went back and just started watching Survivor Marquesas, which is my favorite season. It was Boston Rob's first season. I think it's season four or five. Yeah, and, he's pretty early on. Um, and it is just fascinating uh, to watch old seasons of Survivor because it's what? always been so interesting to watch this game evolve. What um, do you think of Boston Rob? I think he's an incredible, like, um, manipulator. Like, the way he reads people and the way he's able to see what they need and make them think that he's their best way to get what they need is, uh, it's astonishing to watch him yeah, work. Yeah, so he's he's really, like, so he, yeah, I've always thought he's really good at playing the game. Like, he knows exactly mm-hmm. what, because they did Amazing Race also and did really well. Yes, they didn't win, but they they almost did. Yes, and um, 
I, I do because like because like Richard, um, what was his last name? From Richard the first Hatch season? from the first season. Yeah. yeah, like he's just a dick. Like, <laughs> well, that he is just his seems first like name. An awful person. Boston yeah. Rob doesn't seem like an awful person, but no, he, but, no, no, no. But he could be. He could be a dick. I don't know. Possibly. But, but yeah. He's really fun. He's very entertaining. Well, I I highly recommend it if you're somebody who maybe watched the first couple seasons and then just kind of like, eh, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Come back. Come back for this season. See if you like it yeah, again. Yeah, it's so different. It has. It has I evolved mean, a lot. It has evolved a lot. It's so, so different. It's it's so much like, because I'm, I'm watching this new season. My husband and I watched one season together. I think we watched season 30 together, maybe. Okay. And um, it's the only time I've ever watched Survivor. And the and so, uh, but in this new, this first um, episode, it's like a two hour long episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it flashes back to like the first Survivor. Yeah, they've never done that kind of stuff before, and it kind of shows. I mean, the pacing is so different. Yeah. Where it's and and the players even talk about it too. It's instantly well. There's in in it's so aggressive, and so it's, and there's so much being used from the outside world because these people know each other mm-hmm. over the years, and so they they're talking about this poker game, and they're actually showing clips from this poker game. Survivor has never done that. They've never done flashbacks. They've never. They've tried to kind of keep it mm-hmm. all on the island, and this year they just can't because that is part of the game. Like that was one of the things that impressed me about Yule in this first episode was he's been he has been kind of out of the survivor thing since he won his season, but he obviously did his homework. Mm-hmm. Like he came with ammunition. He came prepared. He with came like, prepared. These yeah. people did this. These yeah. people did that. They're it's scary. Also, Vote them it's out. It's also interesting to me how they've all, like, which I guess they all go to the reunion shows and stuff. But it's always interesting to me how they've all become like this really huge family. Like a lot of like yeah. some of them have. Married each other. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I mean, you not know. just Rob and Amber, because I believe Ethan's married to or was married to Jenna. Maybe? It was a bit triggering for me to watch the first episode because it's sort of it, it. It feels a little bit like high school in a way where you walk in and there's all these pre-existing relationships yes. and you sort of have to find your way. And it's sort of a, a social no matter what you do, what people think is is more um palatable it's it, you're judged on what people think of you rather yeah. than who you are and i hate it so yeah. i don't know if i'm gonna enjoy watching this one because even the competition stuff is like okay cool really strong people jumping into the water wrestling over you know a buoy so that they can get reward mm-hmm. so i i'm not motivated by this i'm not even really motivated by the the first one i watched because it's just it's strategy it's backstabby it's it's like it's human clicky. sociology it, it is, but man, I I have worked my whole life at like shedding that stuff, right? That's and that's finding true. a core group of people that I can do life with. Where if somebody posts something crazy that I know, like my real people know who I am, they know what I stand for, and my identity, who I am, is not wrapped up in what people think of me. And I have people to sort of stand with me and feel validated because they see me day to day. It's like what um who's the, the tater tots with Jam- you exactly? Is yeah. it Jamila? That that's from the good place. Oh yeah, Jamila. yeah, yeah. She's going through the social media thing right now. That she's just being raked over the coals. Uh, she has some health issues and stuff. And her boyfriend came to her defense and posted something on Twitter. Basically, is like I will, I cannot stand by anymore and watch all of these people rake her over the coals. I've stood with her through all of this medical stuff. I've stood with her. I've seen her grow, go through this. 
I am a witness to her life. You guys think that she's, you know, uh, Tahani from The Good Place. She's a real person with real things and she stands for real stuff and y'all yeah. need to back off. And it's like, you know, I, so I'm like, oh, I'm all about that. Like, good. You've got some person that's in your core who can mm-hmm. stand up for you. And here on Survivor, it's all about lying and cheating and backstabbing. And I hate that stuff. It's not, though. It it's is. really not. Not oh, all. No. Not solely. Not 100%. In fact, to get to two million dollars, you no. got to do crazy, crazy stuff, and like say you're over here, there and say pl- you're over there. There have been no plenty, of, though. There are, there have been plenty of winners that have played an opposite game to that, that have tried to play with integrity and ended up winning. And when I say integrity, I mean their version of what integrity looks like within the game of Survivor. Right. So, yeah, I for me, and it's not triggering for me because I kind of stand outside it and go, "Wow, watch these humans, you know, be humans, rip each other apart." Well, I don't. I just, I guess, I don't see that as much. In fact, in this season mm-hmm. it's it almost feels more like a family in the way that they're talking about their kids and hey how you know how are you you know dealing with leaving your four you know girls yeah, at home in the first and... 20 minutes before it's time to vote them off and then it's just <laughs> like like it, it's blood in the but, water I mean, that's the game you got to vote people off right yeah so no i get it i totally get what you're saying anyway it, i will probably continue to watch out of curiosity or i'll do the thing where i watch the first couple episodes and then i'll just like, wait nah, and then i'll um, just be like yeah. okay whoever won cool then you'll eat your tater tots yeah man <laughs> I'll eat my delicious tater tots and that's sweet what, tea. I think that's your biggest stance, right? Tater tots? Tater tots. I will stand for the tots of tater. It's like it's like tater tots and then uh, female empowerment. I got <laughs> uh, frozen tots from the grocery store and, you know, baked them up and got them mm-hmm. the perfect crispy for me. Nice. My daughter and I sat down and ate them and uh, she dipped it into the mustard and a little proud tear just rolled down my <laughs> eye. Do you, do you have an air fryer? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, Best mm. tater tots you will ever uh, eat. Tater tot heaven. Maybe I'll get an air fryer someday. You should do that. Yeah. Well, okay. that's going to wrap it up, guys. <laughs> it's going to do it for Behind the Sins this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. What? Yeah, yeah, I did that right. (laughs) He Mm -hmm. is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself. Bye! We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BehindTheSinsPod at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter and be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. You're just an outtake machine and you don't even know it. I'm an outtake machine. I'm an outtake machine. I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. That's not what. That's not the song. I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. I mean, that's beautiful. Oh, but that's not the song I was singing. I don't care. Ah, it's Beach Boys. I'm a rock and roll And the way the sunlight bounces off your hair. Yeah, you know, it just, it's too happy. Ah. <laughs> oh, and I want to rock and roll all night and party every day isn't? It's less, uh, <laughs> it's less um, happy. No, no, it's no, no, more no. happy. It's less, it's more drugs. <laughs> less genuine emotion. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much emotion in what you're singing. Should we get Jonathan on the line? No. <laughs> um, if there's one thing we proved in the last show, it's how much we need Jonathan. That's so true. We're just like... Uh, <laughs>
It's like we're drowning in a kiddie pool. (laughs) (laughs) Someone tell us how to stand up in this water. (laughs) So there's this meme. I love it so much. I'm going to show it to you because you know. And now it's time for deeper memeing with Danae Hughes. (laughs) Which um, I hope this isn't in the outtakes because sharing visual concepts during pod. Have you seen this one? Yes. Is this not me? (laughs) She's showing me the one with all the white guys that are in a line and their heads make like some sort of fractal image as they go down the line. And then it says the cups in my room watching me walk in with another cup. (laughs) Is that not me? Oh, that's perfect. That is so me. And that has been Deeper Memeing with Danae Hughes. Oh, Lord. Joy broke. My joy has been... Oh, I'm sorry about your joy being broken. Somebody knocked Joy off the shelf and broke her little finger and thumb off. Look at that. Hot dang, Joy. Broken. (gasps) Guess what? What? I just got an official offer for a full-time position with CinemaSins. What? Yes. (sighs) Oh, my God. That's exciting. Yeah, beginning April 1st. Mm, Is it, though? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) By the way, great day of the year. Uh huh. Lots of lots of interesting things in my life have happened on April first. I'm, you know me. I don't believe there's anything to numerology. Like number, we just see patterns and and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the fact that since high school, my number has been forty one, uh-huh. and a- April first is four one, uh-huh. right? And then my first son is born on four one. Yeah. I die the weekend of 4-1. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I don't know. And, just, then, and then, like, your number whenever you go into a contest is 4-1. Right, yeah, no, it just or pops like up. Or, like, you'll pick up a number and it's 4-1, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe that means anything other than I'm just paying attention to that number and I'm making that number in you, places. But do you feel like it's kind of like a little a little wink? Yeah. To, like, something bigger? Or do you think it's purely random? Uh, well, I don't think anything's purely. If you want to get philosophical about this, I still believe in an overall power that actually guides believe. everything. So I don't think anything's random. I still believe. I think the philosophical problem is trying to figure out what that means about that higher power. And damn it, I asked you a question that I forgot to listen to what your answer was. I'm <laughs> right. sorry. It was boring philosophy stuff anyway. Uh, well, you know, if if the good place can do it, certainly you can too. Not as well as they can. No, man, they're amazing. Okay, I bought a onesie. Tell me more about your onesie. No, we got to get Jonathan on the line. You cannot tell me (laughs) that you bought a onesie and then just drop. Okay, so here's the thing. I You were at Target. No, no. I have been debating Mm -hmm. the the fact that people don't like to see my crack. Like, when Mm -hmm. I bend over, Mm -hmm. my crack shows. It just just happens. But you've been debating it? it? No, part of it has to do with the fact that I'm tall, Mm -hmm. right? So my shirts don't go down as far. Also, you have no butt. And also, I don't have a butt, so my pants fall down a little bit. So my crack shows you're half like the a, day. You're like a, you're a potato shape. Every you, time it's I stand really up, difficult it's really difficult to put pants on a potato. Right. And and I don't care. You can look at my crack if you want. It's just a body part, right? It doesn't bother me, except I know it bothers other people. This is I know it doesn't bother you because I'm comfortable with this conversation <laughs> because we've talked about it a lot. <sighs> uh, so so yeah. So I'm trying. I was trying to think of ways. That I could not have to be always hiking up my pants, always tucking in my t-shirt, trying to avoid people seeing uh my crack for them. Right. That I don't have to think about it. And I was like, just get a onesie. Just get something that you, you know. And I don't usually wear underwear. We've talked about this. But it would be like a piece of underwear where it like goes all the way from your shoulders to your, you know, like shorts. So it's just kind of a. So 
you have purchased an, an article of clothing. Yes, that I will only wear when I know I'm going into group settings. That snaps under your crotch. No, it doesn't snap. You just pull it on. It's you, like a lycra. It's technically shapewear. You know what shapewear is? Uh, yeah, women are forced to wear this. It's, all, it's, it's awful. Right. So We're it's, not forced. That was a joke. Well, I mean, culturally. I mean, it's, it's culture. Right, yeah. The cold spanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's basically male spanks. It's supposed to be like shapewear. But the idea is then I can just wear that. It's impossible for somebody to see my crack because there's no possible way unless there's a hole in it. So anyway, so when I'm going into public situations now, you can you can know that I'm wearing Spanx. <laughs> Which you refer to as a onesie. Yeah. Do you know what I think a onesie is? I thought a onesie was anything that, that is like um, a piece of clothing that covers both bottom and top. Okay. Okay. But where does it snap again? It, it doesn't. doesn't. It's a tube. It's a tube. Yeah. You just step into it and then you pull it up That's over your shoulders. That's not a onesie. Over your shoulders? Yes. Oh, like a wrestler thing. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, you're like um, a unitard. You're with and again i will only wear this when i know i'm going to be in public so like like the old school wrestlers like hulk hogan or like the giant absolutely yes andre the giant andre the giant back in the day yes that feels much more masculine i'm wearing a i'm wearing a wrestling unitar yes That was your Skype song. <sighs> yes. Am I very far away for real, though? Yeah, she sounds like she's really far away. Oh, no. Something got pushed again. It's Man, all right. Why does this always happen? Why does this happen to me? Poo, 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 pee. I wish I couldn't have heard that. Beloved listener. Let's get started. Let's get it started. Ha! Let's get it started <laughs> in here. We missed you so much last week. We, um, we needed I'm kind of glad I wasn't on because you guys explaining <laughs> Silence of the Lambs was great. Oh, no. <laughs> was like it, My though? movie cred is just destroyed. I just haven't watched it in forever. Well, yeah, I know. I thought when you started, I thought you were beating around the bush about how you hated it or something. No. And then I realized, oh, no, he just hasn't seen it in a long time. <laughs> it has been so long. Well, is there anything that you want to say about Silence of the Lambs and the outtakes yeah. right now? It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I, I, I mean, it was a great video. I don't, I don't have anything written down specific to the video. What do you of, love uh, most about the uh, the movie? Um, that's a good question. Is it the performances? Uh, I feel like it's the performances. Yeah, it's it's definitely one. Well, it's crazy too, right? Because Hopkins is only in like sixteen minutes of the movie or whatever. Yeah, but uh, but the presence is just insane. Um, yeah, that's and, an all time. Uh, Jodie Foster's really good. I think I think. Um, oh my god, I just forgot his name. Uh, the guy who plays Buffalo Bill is that McGinley? Ted. Maybe that is right. Is it Ted? I forget too. He's also a monk. Um, Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Yeah, I think McGinley's that guy on Scrubs. But uh, yeah, Ted Levine. I, I think he's Ted. kind of you underappreciated. Did it. Uh, he's very creepy. And uh, I like the, uh, I just like the forensics aspect of it. That's always something that fascinates me. And I think they do. And there's like actual detective work in the movie. And yeah, I don't it's, know. it's kind of like CSI before CSI was a thing, yeah. you know, like it's... I- I mean, I totally get why people say it's not a horror movie. People that have that opinion, I think it is just because I think I think Hannibal Lecter is very much like a horror character. Right. Um, but I totally get that because it's definitely it's definitely focused more on the procedural than uh, than like the monster, I guess, or however you want to put it. 
And I didn't I didn't say that you were had some weird puppet thing. Um, <laughs> I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I was gonna say that I think it in the outtake something happened. Yeah. Where my puppet came out of your butt or something. No, no, of course. That that's was... where we store puppets, don't you know? Yeah, you were sitting on it or something. <laughs> no. I don't remember now. Um, oh my gosh. Any thoughts on the uh the Oscars? Did you watch? Um I did. Um I think that show does really well without a host. Yeah, I disagree, but I I I it just feels so bland to me without a host. Like, I don't know. Interesting. This for some reason to me was one of the more watchable uh ceremony. And maybe Parasite had a lot to do with that. I don't know. But um although I did actually predict Parasite, so I guess it wasn't that big of a surprise for it's me. So cool that Parasite won. That's just It's very cool. It's so very cool now that like it it doubled its number of theaters after the win and it's pulling yeah. in bank and Yeah. I just like that's why you know when people get on award season and stuff I'm just like look this is the the one way the industry values original interesting entertainment mm-hmm. we you know we cannot lose the idea that we should award things that don't get rewarded necessarily financially, although in the case of some things like Joker, it's kind of both. But um, but yeah, so I, I was just so excited to see it's made. I think it's made over 200 million worldwide now and almost over 50 million in the U.S., which is crazy. Yeah, something like that. It's done really well. One of my least favorite things from the Parasite win is uh, the thought of people who took it as an opportunity to say why Parasite's amazing, but Roma is awful, and like compare the two and be like, <laughs> see, this is what you need. Roma shouldn't have won because Roma, and it's like, why can't they both be great? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's. I love, yeah, I love that with people just in general. Like I, I noticed that recently when um, Zion Williams uh, made his debut in the NBA, right. and people were talking about how much how they excited they were and how well he was doing. And then you had all these commenters be like, "Well, LeBron does that every night. It's like, why can't they both be good? Like, <laughs> it's, like it's we're okay. Not, we're not saying LeBron's not amazing. Yeah, uh, just we're pe- just saying we're excited that we have like another player of that caliber." They have to defend their thing. It's so weird. It doesn't People need just to be defended. Coming out of the woodwork being like, see, Parasite's awesome because Roma sucks. And it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> what is... It doesn't make any sense. I was just telling Danae, she's being very surprisingly quiet during this Oscar conversation. It's almost I like... I would love her to watch Parasite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you mind watching movies with subtitles? Does no, that bother you? I, I do know how to read. Okay. Well, that's what so I that's figured. that's good. Yeah. The only thing is, is um, you know, you lose seeing their performance a little bit more. I agree. It's and, tough. And um, that, that's sort of difficult, but I don't, I don't mind it because you kind of get into a flow where you glance down, read. You know, you have to trust your brain. Your mm-hmm. brain can process a lot of information. And if you stop thinking about it and just let yourself absorb the words instead of really trying to read the words. Yeah. Then, but it, it, usually if it almost a, feels like it's, it, it's almost feels like it's translated in some ways. Your brain gets into a flow. Yeah. And you have to like, kind of relax and then watch. Mm-hmm. Because there are lines from Parasite where when I think of them, I think of the actor saying them in English because that's the language I understand. And so in my brain, they're actually speaking English, even though they aren't, which is, I don't know. It's kind of fascinating. It just kind of goes that way. Um, Was it Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Was that one that was in subtitles? Sure. Yeah. That was, I think mm-hmm. that was one oh, of yeah. the first movies I really fell in love with. Um, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not thinking. That's not the right one. Is that the right one? No, that's not the right one. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's- Hero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hero. Hero. Oh, Hero's gorgeous. Yeah, Jet Li. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh. 
Yeah. I've only seen that once. I think, I, I think I didn't that's remember. subtitles. Oh, it definitely had subtitles. Yeah. I mean, there probably is a dubbed version. I also highly always say don't watch dubbed. Yeah, the sub versus uh, dubbed debate. I, I, and that one I watched multiple times because it was, to me, one of the most like moving pictures that had subtitles i love hero it was one of my favorite movies of that so year good. it made my, made my top 20 i think of yeah. that year so it's so visually stunning yeah and it twists nicely like it keeps mm-hmm. revealing more about the story yeah i want to go back if and you watch haven't hero. seen it i was trying not to spoil it since you could enjoy <laughs> it if you haven't seen hero because it's like 2002 i just looked it up there's a couple of things toward the end of parasite danae that i don't think you'll really care for hmm. i mean it gets a little violent oh gotcha Oh, it's not horribly uh, over violent. No, but it gets I, a little violent. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that would bother you too much. Okay, cool. Well, then I think you should definitely watch it. Yeah, it is one of those. I I used to keep a list of movies I was a hundred percent sure Danae would love, and then I realized she never watches them anyway. And so, for my own sanity, I stopped keeping that list. <laughs> yeah, it's just very disappointing. Whenever it is, because I'm like, I can't wait yeah. for you to see this, and then after a couple of years, I'm like, oh, I get it. You're uh, you're actually never going to watch no. this. That could be a cool mini pod idea, though, for this show. Like, Force Danae, Danae watches movies. I mean, yeah, sure, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, husband and i were uh reflecting on life before a child and how different it is and oh hey do you remember on the weekends when we would take uh blankets and find a way to cover all of the light sources in the house so that we would have a completely dark house and then play call of duty for eight hours and forget <laughs> to eat i'm like man those were the days man <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I've been living it for 21 years now. I was going to say, you started very young. <laughs> so I, I've had a couple decades worth of understanding what it means to sacrifice your time as a parent. So it's just kind of my life now. Well, In fact, that's what makes empty nesting so interesting. The idea that they're leaving soon. Yeah. Like the idea that, oh, we're going to have that free time again. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I, I got started so late <laughs> that um, by the time we're empty nesters, we're going to be worried about our medication and aching right. joints. Yeah, yeah. You'll you know? be empty nursing homers. <laughs> yeah. I got to ride the new Star Wars ride, mm. uh, Rise of the Resistance. I actually got to ride it twice. It was a huge pain, though, because you had to be at the park like at 6 a.m., but to get on the the way they do the the way they're currently doing the uh, boarding passes, like you can't just line up for it right now. Um, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, so I can't even imagine what Star Wars fans are going to get out of this. In fact, I wrote it with a couple that said it was the best thing they had ever done. Wow. Um, it is like one of the most unique experiences. And I, it's like, I almost don't really want to say anything because it's like, that's no as little as possible going into it. But cool. it's, it's a, it's a ride that has like uh, different sections to it, let's just say. And there's these. There's there's interaction. Yeah, that it sounds I've more never experienced in a ride before. It sounds more like an experience than a ride, you know, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, there is a ride aspect to it, but there are also other aspects to it. And it's I don't know, it's probably like 15 minutes or something once you start and uh it's really cool. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just got a I just got a message. What? You're distracted? My husband, we were deciding to like sell some stuff out of the uh, from our house. Yeah. Right now, as we're kind of downsizing or whatever, and um, we're we're sell- selling this little Minnie Mouse chair. Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband just sent this message and says, "When someone who is interested in the Minnie Mouse chair accidentally sends a message to me instead of their friend, and I open it up to read it, and Savannah's message is my husband and says, "Girl, it has been a day. I'm on my way to bond Wayne out of jail." <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oops. Wrong number. <laughs> hey, you want to hear me? You want to hear me suck Aaron to do a fake burp? No, Aaron. <laughs> 
You know the answer to that. <laughs> it cracks me up how troll. much that freaks you out. <laughs> Dang it. That's just something every... You, Stop it. You've never done that. That's Stop. Try it. Aaron. No. We've done this before. It's the, it's the same every time. It's really triggering And you know you. what? Maybe someday it won't it's trigger really me. really triggering That's what it is. What it is is you're checking in to see if something has changed in me mm-hmm. yeah, in the eight sure. years you've known me. Absolutely. And in this way, no. <laughs> I'm the same. Instant boners everywhere. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if if you don't win your first bet, bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 